Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark, and uh, happy Tuesday. It's not Friday. I was late. I got this podcast out late. Um, I had originally had a guest scheduled for Friday, and uh, there was a, a, a scheduling change and a conflict, so we couldn't end up doing the interview with uh, the person I had scheduled. Um, Jeff Petroselli was nice to jump back on and uh, chat a little bit about the uh, Extra 200, which... Uh, one of the nicest aerobatic airplanes ever built. And for people that haven't flown the extra 200, it really, really, I know it's, it's so easy to say it's just a, um, a weaker extra 300. It's a, it's a doggy extra 300 and you'd be right. You'd be right to say that. However, um, that's a, a gross underselling of a really, really nice airplane. I mean, it really is a nice airplane. It's a beautiful flying machine. Uh, we, you know, we get into some characteristic details on flying the 200 and, and just some kind of factoids on, on, you know, how many were built, when were the, when did production start? And it's a funny airplane that fit a funny niche, um, that no longer exists. Um, but it's still a really, really nice airplane. They produce more than I thought they did, uh, which we'll get into in the interview, um, and you know, the more I fly, my buddy Rob's, uh, who's who's kind enough to let me uh, um, fly his extra two hundred. Uh, the more I fly that airplane, the more I, I truly, truly enjoy that airplane. It really does make you work for it. You know, it's, it kind of takes you back. You know, it's like if I, I think most people would agree with this, uh, or at least a lot of people would. Um, when you fly a super decathlon, and you're putting it through whatever you're doing, whether, even if it's just recreational or aerobatics. Um, but especially if you're doing figures, you know, I, th- I think everybody's probably had this thought cross their mind, um, when they're like slow rolling or rolling turns or something. And it's just like, man, I just wish this thing rolled faster. I just wish it had a little bit better, uh, kind of control harmony and, and was easier to control and, and manipulate through figures than, than it is. Um, albeit, you know, the Super Decathlon is a beautiful airplane in so many ways, and it really does teach you the fundamentals, and it makes you work for it, that is for sure. Um, but, you know, so does the Extra 200. You know, it's a great airplane. I, I would say, man, that's a it's a phenomenal intermediate airplane. If you, if you just want recreational aerobatics at a more economical price uh, for operational cost than a 300, and you're not going beyond intermediate, oh my gosh. I mean, what a perfect airplane. Now, your acquisition costs... Um, funny uh, you know my midwing 1997 midwing that i bet you would probably pay more for an extra 200 than you would for that airplane uh that's what's you know kind of funny you know they have not lost their value they, they really hold their value if you buy that airplane at you know 190 200 210,000 which is probably what you'll buy an extra 200 for which is crazy um i mean like an early one you know um you know, you could probably buy my airplane for 180, 170, 180, 190. You know, it depends on how hot the market is for two seats when you list it. But, um, you know, 300 is probably going to fetch at or maybe slightly below what a 200 would fetch for. Um, but you get, you know, just drastically reduced operational costs over the course of a year. Um, so that makes it really nice. And it's, I tell you what, you know, yeah, it's underpowered. Yeah, you notice it. Um, it's so funny. I, 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 when I just flew it this past uh, Sunday and it had been two months and two months and five days since I had flown it prior. And it had actually been two months since I'd flown anything to the day. Um, 
since I've flown anything. And it was the last thing I flew was the Airbus prior to flying this thing. And it's funny when you re- when you don't fly something for a while, it, what it's funny what you revert to as far as gates and memory and 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 things like that uh, for aerobatic maneuvers. You know, it's like I totally uh, like I sent Jeff this just. Oh, dog shit video of me doing a uh, half roll and then a, and a outside push um, to a hammerhead. And the push was garbage. Uh, I was wobbling all over the place. I was slow. But, I, you know, it's so funny. I, I was just used to my, you know, now I was sloppy on the push uh, because I was sloppy. But the entry speed is what was kind of funny is I used 160 knots, which is what, you know, that's about the minimum you could use in the 300, but it just, it carries the energy so much better uh, through the roll, obviously, and then through the push. And I was a little light on the push. The push was crappy for other reasons too, but I was a little light on the push. And uh, it just reminded me like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't just power your way through these maneuvers. You, you got to kind of, you got to kind of manage it. Um, and I actually think it's, it, it flies slicker than like a super decathlon does um, for, you know, it's just not, I don't think it's as draggy. I really don't. Um, I think you get better verticals out of a 200 than you do a super decathlon. Uh, actually, quite a bit. It's substantially better in the vertical, uh, as far as vertical penetration goes, than a super D. But um, what? it's just such a nice flying airplane. When you can manage the, the, the energy properly, it just does anything you want it to. It's really, really nice. So... Uh, Jeff has had the the fortune, good fortune to own two different serial numbers of 200s. And um, I've he's got more experience in the 200 than I do, but I, I've flown two different 200s. And so it's kind of, uh, it's a fun thing. You know, not everybody has flown the 200. It's a kind of a rare airplane. It's not the rarest. Um, it's certainly the rarest of certified extras. That is for sure. Um, they made uh, up to serial number 47 of them. I don't know how many of those made it to the States. My guess would be 10 or less. And I think we even talk about that in the interview. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a rare certified airplane. You don't see them very often. In fact, uh, to have two at my airport that were painted the exact same color uh, is even makes it even more weird. I mean, it's just insanely weird. And then at one point to have three extra 300s at the field as well was made it made that airport kind of a, a unique airport. I've since moved my airplane, but um, yeah. So you know, it's one of these airplanes. Just it's gonna fly. It's gonna go into oblivion, you know, or into the ether. Um, having been uh, just a kind of a a pimple on the aerobatic community as far as like, okay, yeah, it was there. The extra one was there. Doesn't have any real accolades. Um, nobody's won nationals nobody's won worlds it, it it's not known for its high energy aerobatics in air shows uh it's just you know kind of an airplane that it, that came and went and the odd thing is is you could still buy one you can order them they they will make you one uh in 2020 i don't know what it'll cost but um i still i as i as i know it uh, they will produce it um if you ask them to so now I don't think very many people will, but it's a it's a cool airplane that kind of fit a cool niche, which really stemmed from the two hundred hour uh, two hundred horsepower limit. Um, so it was made specifically to compete uh, in that range. And then when they did away with that, it just it really just made the airplane irrelevant um, in that sense from from a from a capability standpoint. Now from again from an economic standpoint, it's it's still really good, um, especially as as fuel prices increase. You know that's a, it's a nice airplane that you can operate 
considerably cheaper um, than than a than a three hundred. Not just in fuel, but oil and overhaul costs. Obviously, um, you know, kind of play a factor there. But I'm a huge, huge fan of the two hundred. I, I tell everybody. I, I mean, I I probably brag more about the two hundred of just how nice of a flying airplane that is than I do the three hundred, which I love. Um, I wish everybody could get a chance to fly one. It's just one of those. It's just one of those airplanes that it's going to die off, and people are like, remember the remember the two hundred? That was kind of a cool airplane. I mean, it's a two hundred horsepower plus ten minus ten certified airplane, two seat. It's pretty cool. Um, but you really notice the differences flying. A, if you fly a three hundred and a two hundred, kind of back to back and for a while I was when I was giving Rob his uh, training you know it's like we I was regularly in a 300 and a 200 and it's just amazing the differences um and how you can get yourself out of any almost any situation you can get out of with power in the 300 you can't do that in the 200 you know if you ball a landing up in a 300 you got the power and just yank the stick back I mean I've had to take the stick from students, uh, giving them, uh, you know, doing an extra checkout or something like that. You know, we're heading for the weeds or heading for a taxiway sign or something like that. And it's just like, they just did, they just brain farted and grabbed a whole bunch of rudder and off we go. Gob the power, pull the stick back, raise the mains up, the tail's still on the ground. That thing will just, just fly up into the vertical and, and you can do that. Um, you know, obviously with with the right amount of experience but you could do that pretty comfortably and get out of anything pretty darn quick the 200 no not a chance (laughs) it's just not a chance not unless you're going not unless you're already pretty fast but it just doesn't get out of its own way like a 300 but beautiful flying airplane the control harmony is phenomenal it's it flies like an extra you know and it's probably you know i think airplanes now are starting or extras now are starting to kind of depart from that extra flight characteristic uh if that makes any sense like the 330 sc i'm not sure about the 330 lx but i would imagine like the 330 lx is probably like the last airplane that flies close to an extra meaning you could go from the 200 to the 300 to the 300 l to the uh you know i don't know about the 230 and the 260 um those are those are kind of uh boutique extras but 300 300 l 200 all flew the exact same um, and then you get like the 330 SC and now the NG se- seem to kind of fly differently. You know, obviously the 330 SC flies nothing like a 300 or a 200 for that matter. And the NG, everybody's kind of describing it as having more like 330 SC characteristics than, than like a 300L. So um, it, it's kind of fun. You can hop between a 200, a 300, and a 300L and it's like, give me the speeds, whatever. And you're going to have this this like pre-downloaded muscle memory to flying uh, either a 200, a 300, or a 300L. They fly so similar. Um, the sight pictures are a little different. Obviously, the performance is a little bit different. You know, when you're climbing out in a 200, I remember the first time I flew one, uh, I flew it, gosh, I can't remember if I flew it solo for the first time. I don't think I did. Um, but I just remember taking off feeling like this doesn't feel right. It feels slow and we're not climbing. You really do kind of feel vulnerable in that airplane, um, but it glides better. It doesn't have that big prop. Uh, it doesn't have that big drag component when you're coming in, which I use to my advantage. And we talk a little bit about that in the interview that uh, I think Jeff calls it the drag break. You know, it's like, that's what you really, when you get used to that, boy, is that nice. Cause you can really haul ass to a, you know, one mile final and just chop and drop and, and the airplane just does whatever you want. 
And one of the things I do is I demonstrate to all my students that, that do an extra checkout, whether it's for insurance or for flight school, things like that, um, is that you can point the nose down, pull the power back, be decelerating while you're going down at, at you know, at a considerable deceleration. I mean, especially if you put the prop full forward, I mean, you can really, really step on the brakes and uh, slow that airplane down when you need to. The 200 can't do that at all. I mean, it's considerably slicker in the descent. Um, even power idle and prop full forward. It's kind of funny. So, yeah, um, let's get into the interview. Without further ado, um, super appreciate Jeff coming back on. Um, you know, it's always so much fun to talk to him. Uh, so he'll definitely be a regular on the podcast. We'll get him on all the time to shoot the shit and uh, talk flying. But, um, yeah, we talk about the 200. We talk about all kinds of just other random stuff. And uh, um, it's always a pleasure. So, um, everybody, welcome back. Jeff Petroselli. Jeffrey P. Petro, welcome back to the podcast, man. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to have you back. You sound like a million dollars. Yeah, well, I got this new microphone trying to keep up with you. And uh, we got great feedback on our other podcast. So I feel like the listeners, they deserve a, uh, a golden voice from the both of us. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Two golden voices bringing the world whatever it is the fuck we're bringing. Yeah, if we can't fly good, we should at least sound good. Well, that makes one of us for sure, (laughs) as evidenced by the stuff I sent you yesterday, Um, which is a great segue to get into what we're going to talk about. So, um, you well, you haven't been flying, right? You've been getting kind of weathered out, huh? Yeah, the weather's been just absolute crap. It's getting cold. The days are short. And uh, yeah, it just sucks. But it's a good break. It's a good break. I really didn't do a lot of flying this year, to be honest. It's just so upsetting with everything that's going on with the competition season and worlds and everybody you know especially where i am is all covid freaking out and everything so yeah yeah same here uh, it's a weird it's a wash man yeah yeah total wash total wash hopefully 21's 2021's not but it's i don't know man yeah right like is this thing going to come back? Is Trump going to get elected? Is Biden going to, it's like everything is, nobody knows what the hell is going on. Lots of <laughs> unknowns. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you were supposed to go to the, the latest camp, right? And you couldn't. Yeah. That there's right? that whole low pressure system going on. And um, I might airline out tomorrow just to go hang out. But you know, it's, it's tough, especially when the camp is as far away as it is. So you kind of depending on weather, and, you know, I wish I can get there, but, you know, flying the airplane, that's the other thing too, is, you know, if you look at the forecast and there's only one good day of flying. So how do you kind of justify flying all the way across the country for one day? Um, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. With the, all the expenses. I mean, if I had a, a money tree or if I was really loaded up, um, I guess I can justify it, but it's just a lot to, to do that and not fly, you know? Especially when you're not you're not doing it with the intent of like the following weekend doing a major competition, like you know some some big, I mean m- maybe a local competition wouldn't be, you know justifiable, but like if it was like nationals and you need, like needed that last session in or something, but it's like nothing's going on. Yeah, no, um, I agree with that. This is uh what we've been trying to do is do a lot more teamwork, um, and that's why I kind of feel bad okay. about not being there. Um, so we're trying to grow as a team and obviously we all got to be there as a team, but um, that's why I'm kind of thinking I might airline out um, to do that. But 
we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if I can, if it's going to be really bad weather here and there and not flying, you know, I still have to work. So <laughs> there's that whole thing. So if I can, you know, do a lot of work here and then kind of save my, my allowed days, pretty much. I don't really have a set allowment, but I don't want to take advantage of my family. So then I can sure. just use those days on nice days where we can fly. So, um, it's a, it's a weird balance, you know, it's such a weird balance with this, with this stuff. And, you know, I'm just not at the point where I can really justify going away every week, every other week. And, you know, my family just does so much for me and they're always there. So I just, it's just be so wrong to do that. So do you wrong. feel, um, cause I, I, so when I started volunteer, uh, volunteering with Collins foundation, flying the warbird stuff, um, you know, I was balancing that with obviously being a parent. Um, I think when I first started, I only had one kid very young. So like she was one or two and then, the second came along shortly after that, but I, I like balancing a, an airline schedule and then coming home and having, you know, six, seven days off and being like, all right, honey, see ya. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go fly the B-17 for, you know, four days. Um, yeah, I, man, I started tough. feeling so guilty that I, I'd almost like, I'd get, I'd like get sick to my stomach. Like it, it, yeah. it wouldn't even make it fun anymore. You'd get there. I remember, I remember, was it my son or my daughter? Oh my gosh. It might've been my son. I was at a contest in Wildwood, New Jersey. And I did, I got to look at the scores. I forget. It's been so long, but I think I was doing really good. I was good in the known and good in the free or whatever. And the unknown was coming up and my wife called me and she's like, I'm not feeling too good. Like, I think I'm, I'm getting some contractions. So I was like, well, how, how far apart are they? So she's like, oh, <laughs> really close. So I remember being like, you know, obviously I'm going to fly home and do it. So there's, there's where the balance is, but you're right. When you're, before you go, you're like, Oh, I can go. I won't feel the bad. But then when you're away from your family and you know, your kids are uh, kind of alone at home, it's then it kind of sinks in a little bit and makes it a little difficult. It's, it's funny. Cause especially at your level, like everything's so important. I mean, obviously you've worked really hard. You're on the advanced team. Like that that's an achievement in and of itself that very, very few people have done. And to get there is obviously a huge, it's a huge road. It's a, it's a huge commitment, both time and money. And then at the same time, it's like this duality of like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. <laughs> like yeah. when it comes to that stuff, like it is it, just like, yeah, like my wife's, my wife's going to labor. All right. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it. That's what's important. And then Priorities. being home with the kids. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Yeah. No. And I, I know that feeling too. I, um, when our first was born, um, I, I was working at NetJets and that was like a seven on seven off schedule. And so I go, I, and I kind of like prepped the company. I was like, Hey, my wife's like, she's not like eight months in, and <laughs> she's okay, really, eight, pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> really pregnant, eight months and three and a half weeks. And I'm, I'm like starting a trip and they're like, you know, okay. You know, like just if you, you know, if you want to start the trip and I, I asked her and she's like, yeah, go. And then just, I'll let you know, like when stuff happens, I'm like, all right. Wow, and nice. I luckily, I mean, it's a, you know, I could have been not, I mean, I wasn't fly, flying a big jet, but I could have been across the country or, you know, in one of the islands or something like that, South America. Uh, luckily I just happened to be in Seattle and I get a call at two in the morning, like, Hey, it's happening. <laughs> and so um, I called and I got, you know, zapped out on the first flight and made it and it was fine. But, that that like 
that call people that don't have kids won't understand that call of like, Hey, it's time. And you're not there. It's a, yeah. it's a really weird feeling. And I can't imagine having to fly yourself home. Although you were fairly close, right? Being in, uh, yeah, we were in Jersey. Thank. Otherwise I just jump on an airline and just, yeah. just head home to leave the plane. But yeah, that's the yeah, thing is like, it's tough. Everybody that's, and it's cool and bad, you know, you meet all these people at aerobatic contests and just in the, uh, you know, even in the Warburg community, every, everywhere, everybody's so different. Um, you know, who has kids, doesn't, who's, you know, it's, who's married, who's not married. So, you know, it, sometimes it's a little, uh, frustrating, I guess, or, you know, sure. just when you want to be like, you want to be someplace and you just want to go, like, I would love to go hang out, you know, shoot the shit and hang or talk and this and that. But, you know, it's, it's tough to like, you know, go fly all the way out there. And like, you know, I would have fun, but like in, in my head, I'd be like, God, oh, this is kind of, this is a little fucked up for me to be here. And like my wife's home with two kids right now, like probably ready to blow her brains out, you know? And I'm here. That guilt like, is weird, man. Yeah. Like if I was flying and being productive, like there's no doubt, like she's like totally supportive, but I just, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's, it's really tough pill to swallow, you know? And it's like taking advantage almost. Yeah. Yeah, no, it 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 definitely feels like that. I remember feeling like that, you know, flying private jets, getting you know in you know flight to Cabo, and I'm like there for two days, and my wife's like at home with a kid <laughs> with a fever, like you know a newborn with a fever, yeah. and uh, you know I make the I'm like, hey, honey, how you doing? She's like, oh, I got no sleep last night, like you know, kids sick, like I'm not feeling well. This is miserable, and I'm like, okay, you know that she's like the you know you get the <laughs> Like, That's what are you doing? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm literally talking to her, holding a Corona on a lounge chair on a beach in Cabo. I'm like, oh. Yeah, just <laughs> hanging out, babe, you know, writing emails. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, uh, one of the guys I was flying with, he was like, hey, man, because he heard the whole conversation. We were like, you know, we were out as a crew, you know, chilling on the beach yeah. having beers. And he's like, hey, man, next time you call your wife and from now on, it's always raining it's always shitty <laughs> and you're always having a terrible time. Cause I was just like, Oh babe, this is amazing. I'm on an, I'm on an all inclusive resort, free beers, free food, this and that. And she's just like, oh F you God. dude. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. But that, that like guilt thing um, with regard to like frivolous, I mean like that, like I can't help that my job sent me there and right. I'm going to have, you know, I, I can't like, I shouldn't like make myself purposely miserable because my wife is miserable at home. And you know, I don't know. There's some of that, but like, yeah, like flying to a contest or just like, hey, like I'm just gonna go hang out. It's like being like, hey, I'm gonna go grab beers with the guys, and, and she's like, what do you, what do you, you're gonna leave yeah. me here like this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna do it for three days. days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I Bye. felt like that for the longest time, man. I love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, then it's even more frustrating when you look at the people that don't have a wife or don't have kids, and obviously, like. You know, oh yeah, they're just like, why aren't you here? Like, come out, come hang out. What are you doing? Like, dude, you, you don't have the slightest idea. (laughs) You have no clue. No, no, no. And then, especially like in the Warbird community, you know, it's like when it's volunteer. Like, the more you, it's like the squeakier wheel gets the grease. And it's not like people being taken advantage, but it's like the the single guy that has no commitments and and a job that's like, you know, you work for three weeks and then you have two weeks off or something like that. They can dedicate every two week off block time to go in and doing that. And I'm just sitting here like, God damn it, dude. You know, like, or like when you're like, I remember my daughter, Oh God, this is like going to make, this is terrible. But like, I remember I was leaving for uh, Romania 
And she was, you know, we were like prepping her before, like a week before, like daddy's leaving for like a couple weeks and this and that and trying to make it like all expect. And she was fine. And then literally my best friend came to pick me up and drive me to the airport to leave. And she like just lost it. It was like, she was like two and a half or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, holy, this is the worst day of my life right now. And it should be like exciting, right? You but should like, be happy. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt like, oh, I felt like the worst. I probably, yeah, I'm a terrible father. What can I say? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. See, here's the thing. You know, here's what, so I don't know about like, so you're obviously somebody who balances, you know, a hardcore work schedule with aerobatics and family. And I guess I balance a hardcore work schedule too. And like people would look at that and be like, oh my God, that you like you're gone for, you know, a little less than half the month. Um, you know, four yeah. days at a time. But when I'm home, my, my home time, I'm home. I'm yeah. like home, home, you know? So I'm, yeah, I'm not working, you know, hardcore. Yeah. I'm not working that like corporate uh, or, you know, nine to six, you know, hardcore or, or longer, you know, or getting called by the boss. Like, Hey man, you got to come in Saturday and Sunday. We gotta, we gotta make this, this whatever happen, you know? Yeah, and then you just like, never see anything. like playing a video game while your kids there. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's a funny thing, man. It's a funny thing, but I, I would say like now my kids are used to it. Obviously it got to the point where I'm like, Hey guys, I'm leaving on, you know, going on a trip and they're like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, well, can you guys be sad or something? They're like, no, you always <laughs> come back. You always come back and then it's fine. I'm like, all right. All so right, they, cool. they, yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm sure your kids probably are a little more receptive to it now as they get older, but oh, that no, man, no. when they're young and they, they just don't get it. Oh, it's, oh, it's brutal. God. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Let's talk about aerobatics. This is really sad. Okay. Let's, let's get happy. Let's get happy. Yeah. So, um, I've been wanting to talk about the Miata of the skies, the extra 200. You <laughs> own two, the Miata of the skies. It's a Miata. It's a Mazda oh, Miata. That's, that's a, that's golden. That is great. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect descriptor. There's nothing better that is called that airplane, the Miata of the skies. And I think we'll both quantify it, but I, I yeah, had the like, pleasure of want to knock it, it, but it's just a great car, right? The thing is, it, it, it's everybody wants to talk shit about a, a Mazda Miata, but yet when you drive one, it's fun. It's not fast. It's not. Yeah. It's not blow your hair back, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, you can like whip around corners and stuff, but it's not going two hundred miles an hour. No, um, it's convertible. I've had the pleasure of exactly right. Yeah, so I've, I've gotten to fly serial number one, which um, supposedly was Walter's personal airplane for a while, and is then that I've the had one you're posting pleasure. pictures of. No. So that's serial number 16, I believe. Uh, oh. It's either 11 or 16. What color um, was number one? The, so do you remember the old color of this airplane um, yeah. before it got repainted? It was like that uh, red, yellow, and blue. Right. Kind of uh, not Starburst, but um, it's that same color. So oddly enough, at our at my airport, there's two extra 200s. There's, there's a few 300s, which is even crazier too but um both those 200s were the exact same paint job and it it was one was serial number one and the other was i I think the one i'm flying right now is 16 and he's obviously since repainted it and it's beautiful but um Mm -hmm. i every time i fly that airplane i love it more and more my first extra flight was in uh um 200 and you've owned two 200s right yeah i've been lucky enough to own two yeah um that's pretty cool dude they're really, and they're amazing, you know, as far as, you know, buying airplanes, whatever you usually buy them for is what you sell them for. They really don't depreciate or appreciate. So it's a good entry level airplane 
at you really can't get hurt financially in. I mean, obviously, if you fly fly really hard and you do some damage, you know, there's there's no doubt you're going to be upside down. That, but yeah, you know, it's a relatively safe airplane to 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 get into without you know. Uh, you know, say buying like a new extra and taking that huge depreciation hit or something. So, um, yeah, as Why far as buying them, so what happened is, is I wanted an extra 200 really, really bad. Um, I had started in a, yeah, I started in a J3 Cub, then went to a super decathlon, flew that for a really long time. And, um, my really good friend, they had two of them on Long Island. Um, they were both yellow. One of them is in England right now. The other one's in Japan. And I just remember flying that airplane and it was just such a sweetheart. It didn't have a tremendous, you know, it, was, it wasn't noisy. It, uh, mm. really well balanced. And, you know, for somebody I'm five, nine, almost, you know, I'm like right under five ten. I like to say, but, um, <laughs> it really, it really fit me well. Round up. Um, I, round up. Yeah. So I know that uh, tall people can't stand them, but, I, I really liked it. I just, I loved what it gave you and I loved, uh, I just love the control harmony of it. So I bought one. Well, actually there was none for sale. So I went on the FAA we- registry and got addresses, which is kind of creepy that you could do that, you know? And That's I, creepy. yeah. And I emailed some, uh, some letters out to the people that were registered and, you know, a woman up in New Hampshire, her name is Sigrid Bauman, and she's, you know, been around the sport for a while. She flew Sportsman, and she was the original owner of this airplane. It's actually down in Florida right now. It's beautiful, really well taken care of. And I was lucky enough she sold it to me. Um, it was a really tough day, too, because she really loved that airplane. And, you know, she was just, you know, getting, I guess, a little older and looking to get out of the sport. She didn't really want to sell it, but she did. So it was like an awkward, awkward moment, almost like a you know, pulling a bandaid off. Yeah. And, it's like taking uh, somebody's puppy or like their dog, like their best friend. Yeah. And I never really fully understood that until the extra I have now. Cause I got the one I have now new. And I, for some, like a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about if, you know, obviously one day I'm going to sell it, you know, hopefully not, not soon. And I don't know. I just like imagining my airplane with somebody else. It's like, ugh. Especially aerobatics wise, like I I guess I I could imagine, like I could, I could totally empathize and sympathize with the person that buys a Bonanza and it's like their family airplane until they sell it, and that being sad. But few or like like certainly I would equate aerobatic ownership to like more like a home build, like you build it and then you fly it and then you're like forced to sell it, which is like the you know. It's like you put yeah. your literal blood, sweat, and tears and money into something that you built with your hands. And then you're like, okay, uh, yeah. I guess you're just going to go like, whatever you're going to do with it, I'm, I have to sell it to you because like you, I need the money or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. I lost my medical and you're going to go just do whatever. Like there's some, some weird, you know, obviously that's a weird dynamic, but then like weird, the it's a weird intimate. Handle. Well, yeah. And like the intimate nature of like an aerobatic airplane. I mean that, cause you're really, we all trust airplanes like, you know, keep us safe, but aerobatic airplanes are one of those like where you're really you have a not a love hate relationship but it's almost and it's not abusive but it's a it's a passionate relationship because you're working in that airplane like i mean like you're not doing a whole lot of like scenic just you know what i'm just gonna go like putt around for a little bit in my 330 se 
and and just like sightsee and yeah, oh right. you know maybe I'll just go like check out the uh, Statue of Liberty today you know like you're going out and you're working whether you're having fun or not um, you know maybe you're not like getting coached or critiqued and you are just with yourself but like still it's you know I think over yeah, time yeah. you develop this really like unique relationship just, can you imagine if you could really hear them all. I mean, I remember, oh I think it was with the, the Northern Lights, they did something where they put a video camera inside the uh, the cowling and they videotaped the end. They did. I sent you guys that link. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah. And I there, there was a sponsorship for Lord Mounts. Yeah. I'm like, just watch it. I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I really want to see this. <laughs> Dude, the flex when uh, there's a couple maneuvers and it wasn't like, it wasn't like the hard pulls into vertical stuff. It was like, ju- the oh my gosh, they did, a, I think he did a tumble. Mm. And then there was something else. The snaps were, oh my God, the snaps were just watching. Oh. That was so brutal. Yeah. yeah. It's this poor thing. But yeah, but like, like, you know, it, it's, it's gotta be weird when like you have a relationship like that with an airplane where you're really, you've been 10. I mean, you know, you're, I know you don't do air shows, but like you're still low level aerobat. I mean, competition is low level um, in the eyes of the public. Right. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, Yes and no. Um, I think advanced. No, yeah, you're right. Yes and no. Um, Yeah. You know, competition's so, so funky. I mean, one of the things that always opens up my eyes is, you know, somebody doesn't really look low to me in flying a sequence unless they just, you know, shouldn't be in that category or just aren't good. And, you know, they'll look dangerous and they'll look low. But, I mean, you you can watch somebody fly sportsman at, say, 1,500 feet that has no control over what, well, they do and don't, but they just don't fly really well or haven't been trained well. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, you're low for what you're doing and how you are. This is this is not safe. And then you can watch somebody like, you know, Goody or or Rob or something, you know, go down to the bottom of the box, which is no big deal for number 300. And they're like, oh, they could probably bring it down a little bit more, <laughs> you know, sure, or something sure. like that. So, you know, just being, being in control is just, and looking in control is really important. You know, that's just my two cents, but. Um, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's, it's just still, it's like thinking about that relationship when it, in terms of what you've built, like level of trust. I mean, like how long does it take you to build trust in an airplane, an aerobatic airplane, and then to go and sell it, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you just from what I do, my airplane, when it got hurt, it, I mean, it, this has been so gosh, it was Easter happen? Sunday. Oh, Easter geez. Sunday. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've lost sleep over it. On six it's been, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. And so like, you know, you feel these things and when I, when, if I, if, and when I'm sure it's always when, right. I'm not going to keep <laughs> this forever, but um, it's going to be a sad day for sure. It, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be super sad. Even if you're gr- upgrading, it's still sad. It's it's yeah, like, like I miss the two hundred. I really do. The two hundred. It's just it's one of those airplanes that you get. You really got to work in it. I mean the SC. Every airplane you got to work right. But the yeah. the two hundred to fly. I was flying advanced in the two hundred, and I wasn't even. I wasn't flying full power because I knew I was going to sell it, and I didn't want to beat up the motor or the prop. You know, just because it's a lot of money to replace those. So were you just flying, doing twenty five squared? Yeah, twenty five squared, and you know you had a it was a lot to get that airplane to, to make it through. I mean, it, it wasn't, well, I didn't make it look pretty, but I'm sure somebody else could, but um, it was just a lot of work and it was a lot of fun. Like once you got to that level where, you know, you were making it through and then you were kind of fine tuning it, 
and you were making this airplane get through it like that, it was really rewarding. I mean, with the SC, it's it's like, oh, I'm low. I'll just add some power and get some altitude now. No big deal. You know, with the 200, yeah. you're like, oh, shit, I really got to look seven figure or six figures down and skim some altitude, you know, here and cheat here and blah, blah, blah. But it was just such a rewarding airplane to fly. It really was. I can't imagine flying advanced in it. Like, um, you know, I sh- showed you my my horrific avalanche, but like I've done, you know, some intermediate maneuvers in it. And it's so funny when I, my muscle memory and my my gates revert to the 300. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. It, like, like 160 in the 300, at least for what I do, um, I'd probably bump it up to like 180 uh, if I was competing, maybe a 180 entry for that, like for an avalanche or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't lose any energy on the, on the half roll, you know, before, or, or I'm sorry, um, um, on the, uh, on the, like I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't lose enough energy to do the snap at the top. Like it'd be a, like, that'd be a really nice, I mean, I, I don't know what it would be like 120 at the top, 110, 120 in, on the speed. In the 200? No, no. In the 300. Oh yeah. Um, it should be around there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think. It's been a while since I've done it in the 300, but like I re- just kind of revert back to like my my 300, what feels right and what looks right as far as uh, entry speeds for the maneuver. And so doing that, that's ex- and that's exactly what I did in the 200, I, which would which was slow. I mean, that's essentially you know it just doesn't have that energy to to well, carry snaps through. Are, the 300. Snaps are really funky. Not to do, but to get a clean snap in the 200, it's really, there's a really small sweet spot in that airplane. And it's harder. You know, yeah. With the 200, if you use any, any in spin aileron to the snap, um, it, it just bleeds so much energy and you don't have mm-hmm. any thrust really working for you, pulling you through anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you start and the spades are like the size of like doors they're tremendous <laughs> the spades on the 200 are tremendous so i think they're the same as 300s i think uh, i I'm, i was trying to get from eric because it's the same yeah and it's so it's actually um i asked him about that it's it's dimensionally a little bit different but it's um i forgot what he said he sent me a voice message i should almost just play it but it's it's very similar but it's there's like one dimension that's off or something like that. So it's not yeah. it's not the cookie cutter same exact wing. At least oh, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Everybody says it is. That's what yeah. I and that's what I asked him that. I was like, it's the same wing as the 300s, right? So like, is the fuselage the same? Or he's like, no, it's it's actually a little. The wings a li- there's one dimension that's off, and I, now that might mean that there's one less rib on the tip, and it's the same wing. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I mean, who the hell I, I don't think he knows. He is. Yeah, uh, he has no affiliation. We're talking about Eric Extra, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and I, I, this was really apparent when I did the snap. I actually, I, I don't know if you can see it in the video that I sent you, um, but I laugh after the snap because one of the things that is not apparent in the two hundred that just it, for as long as it's been since I've flown a 300 and I've flown this 200 maybe three or four times since my 300 is the lack of the, first of all, the lack of power for the snap and the lack of prop. Like it's, it's a way different snap than. Yeah. Well, you're sitting sitting a little bit more on center of gravity in the 200 from what I understand. Right. Cause there's not, there's really a tremendous amount of weight up front too. And it's just a funky, it's, you feel like in the three hundreds or, 
the 300 L um, one up, I feel it's a little bit more unstable. So it's, you can't, it's easy to get deep in them, but you can get a really nice flick off of it. But with the two hundreds, I just remember um, it was really hard to get a good flick. I mean, you didn't want to yeah. with that airplane cause it bled so much energy. You didn't want to pitch too much, but you had a show pitch. So now like you're dangling this line of just trying to show just enough pitch. And then if sure. you, when you went to accelerate it, if you put in a little, I remember the sweet spot was like, Oh gosh, maybe a finger over to the left and a full acceleration uh, forward to try to get the uh, polar moment of inertia kind of centered. Sure. And it was just like, I would get them, but I wasn't the best at them at all. And it was just really, it was such a hard airplane to get a snap and come out with, you know, conserve as much energy as you could rather. But I, I was really good at not conserving energy in that airplane. <laughs> it's hard. You know, it, um, it's such a, it's, it's a funny airplane. Cause so you, did you own the super D that you flew? Yeah. Okay. So compare that. It, that's a really funny comparison is the extra 200 and the super decathlon because uh, in so many ways, the extra feels slicker and faster, which I, I, I guess it is, but then there's now obviously the super decathlon rolls like complete dog shit in comparison. I mean, there's no comparison to the roll rate of right. those two airplanes, but, um, and I, I didn't snap the super decathlon. I, I didn't own the one that I flew and every, it seemed like every time it was, it would be, um, shipped down to a competition, it would come back with leaky fuel tanks. And so we just kind of said no snaps in it, but yeah. I did snap it a few times and it's funny to feel the difference even in control uh, as far as pitch goes between those two airplanes to like, to get them to snap. I don't know. I, I, I feel like you could almost get the super decathlon, albeit it would be slower in the rotation, but you get a more pronounced snap in the super decathlon than you would in the 200. Now I haven't snapped the 200 at, at great lengths like you have, but it's funny to compare two different 200 horse airplanes and how different they are in different regimes of performance. Yeah. I mean, the, I snapped the super D. Um, I don't recommend doing it. Um, we, you know, we flew that airplane within its limits and we were doing snap rolls in it. And the one I had was a 95 and okay. we actually ended up, we didn't break any fuel tanks, but one of the, uh, the greenhouse in it. No, we didn't lose the greenhouse, but one of the, uh, you know, there's false ribs behind the fuel tank. There's a uh-huh. ribs. So the rivets on that, on the inboard rib or false rib or half rib, I don't know the proper term. Um, yeah. They started popping. So I was at a contest actually, and I was pre-flighting the airplane and, you know, I was pushing on stuff and checking to make sure everything's still good. And I remember, you know, looking at the trailing edge of the, uh, the right wing and, you know, I was like, oh, that rivet looks different than the other ones. And I pushed on it and it went in and then came back out. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> no, that's no bueno. Is that where like the straps, the straps for the fuel tank attached to? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure at all. Uh, but yeah, okay. so, you know, they say you can snap them. Um, maybe you can. I do know that after, I forget what year, maybe... I'd be guessing, but it was after 95, I think a couple of years later or however many years later, you'll see that there's a double rivet, which we ended up doing. We added another rib and the factory um, on their super D's. Now they, there's a double like rivet side by side going down about yeah. an inch apart now. Um, and they I also changed the fuel tanks too. I think there's another baffle in there. 
to okay. stop the slosh. But yeah, the but, airplane's uh, yeah, fine. Those... It's just the rotation's a little slower. Um, it's yeah. cool. You can have like a three quarter or whatever. You know, um, you can do multiple snaps, but you're you know, obviously you're not going to be going up. You're just going to be snapping down. Um, but I like it. I happen to to really like. I like doing rollers in that airplane a lot. To be honest, it was a lot of fun to do rollers in that plane. It's a hard. That's hard work. That's like yeah. driving a. That's like driving a truck through. A, I don't even know. Um, it's like this, this is hard work. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, literally. Cream. I used to call it churning butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, but yeah. it's a, again, like that's another really rewarding airplane. Um, but yeah, so I went from the Super D into the two hundred, and it really wasn't a big jump, and I was really, really happy with the the choice to do it. You know. And, um, and then, you know, I flew that airplane for a while, uh, I forget four years or so. And I was gonna get it. You can really learn a lot of time or you can learn a lot about an airplane in four years. I mean, like, that's really what a cool, you know, like dedicating one. I, I, I've always been such a mutt when I fly. Cause I obviously airline pilot, random pilot, ferry pilot, you know, have an extra fly a super D fly a pits, fly somebody's freaking stardust or whatever. Yeah. I've always admired that. Like I own a 200. I own it for four years. That's what I'm flying. Like there's some, there's such a mastery in that, that like yeah. very few people like, honestly, are just great on it. I mean, every flight was like, six oh, yeah. or something like that. It was something stupid. I forget. It's so stupid, especially comparing the two. Like I'm, I'm watching like in this, um, um, 200 that I fly has a really nice JPI, um, pfd that has everything like just right there oh nice and it's so funny to watch the fuel burn differences like to see six gallons in the acrid tank and be like yeah that's like that's a lot of fuel yeah <laughs> that's, i'm good we're, we're fine yeah <laughs> yeah i'm cool and just to see it not bleed down in the next 11 minutes yeah but yeah um it I, i'm so i made a comment I think I made a claim like on the first podcast and I think I even told you on the second podcast that I think the 200 is one of the most underrated airplanes, not because people, people don't poo poo the 200. It just, it was, it's really an, it's an interesting, the airplane comes from a really interesting um, proposition or a regulation or rule in Europe um, that I'm not even sure if you're aware of it. I wasn't aware of it until Eric, um, sent me that voice message, but you know, it was, it was the, it was a horsepower regulation. There was a 200 horsepower limit in some competition or some category that spawned this airplane. Cause the 300 had already been developed and they really made this airplane from, you know, they took the design cues from the 300 and just shrunk it essentially. Yeah. He might be um, talking about at worlds where I forget up until when, um, maybe around 2008. I don't know. Somebody will know out there, but yeah, you can only have two. And then there were, so you can only have 200 or less horsepower. And then there were some like specialty ones that were allowed in like a Yak 55, um, and two seats like at the pits S2B. be, there was a bunch of them and then they got out of control. That was the latest 2008. I believe so. The last one I was That's in the U S because the guy, there was an edge, there was a 540 T that was flying. There's some Souk 29s that were flying. So I think it was just getting like a little bit out of it. And then they were like, well, let's just get rid of this rule. And to be yeah. honest with you, I wish they never would have got rid of it. I really do. That's an because, interesting. Yeah. Because that, to me, that ruined, not ruined, that really 
made an impact on the unlimited category because if you can fly an SC or an MX or or a Gen Pro in uh hey. <laughs> in the uh in the advanced worlds, um some of these guys, you know, they don't want to do an outside flick and they don't want to do, you know, that much pushing but they still want to fly the SC or something like that. So why move up at that point? And you'll notice, I mean, after that rule was let go unlimited, it's just been shrinking. It sucks. You know, that is a really weird thing because it, it effectively, it, it effectively reduced the playing field in such a way that now if you don't have a gen pro three thirty SC MXS, one of the three gen pros, shout out to gen pro. Um, (laughs) Uh, honestly, I, I really want to see that airplane do well. Uh, at, at, hopefully, it you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, th- and that's the thing, you know. Uh, I'm sure it's talking with Rob. I'm sure it is too. And and talking with Rob about this, it's it's like I don't know. It, it's a, it's a weird. I, I don't know what. I don't know what what to call it. But you're right. I mean, you've it's a, it's a weird duality of opening up unlimited, but essentially shrinking it because yeah. now, I mean, the K figures, uh, the K factor is huge. No, no biplane, no tube and fabric biplane can hold a candle to what unlimited is doing. Not even in the, on, in the States. I mean, not really. And well, to be not in the world. To be at a, yeah. To that's be what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And back then, like back in 2001, up until I forget how many years later the unlimited they were so there was known free and then unknown um like almost positive on this right before they started doing free known and free unknown and they had, right. yeah they had a thing where not a thing but there was a rule where with your freestyle that you would get bonus points for every less figure that you would do so if they allowed 10 or 12 whatever freestyle i mean a figures in your freestyle if you did eight um, you would get bonus points or something like that. I forget. Somebody I'm sure knows exactly what I'm talking about, but they yeah. were doing, you know, the top, everybody was doing six figure freeze and a buddy of mine who was on the team back then sent me a copy of his freestyle. And it, it just looked like somebody, you know, ate the arrestee book and threw it up. And that was the sequence. It was just everything and anything on this thing. <laughs> it was incredible. You know, it was absolutely incredible. And, um, yeah. you know, there's no way that somebody's, you know, like like a well, it, a pits did it, but you know it, it's a lot of work at that point. And you know everybody back then had the Soup Twenty Sixes and Edge yeah. Edges. You know, extra really wasn't competitive at all back then. MX wasn't even a, a MX was Giles, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just Souks and Caps and the occasional Edge, which is shocking because like the Edge is such a well built airplane, and that never took off in Europe. I mean, I'm sure yeah, there's, there's one in England now, but during, you know, the heyday of that airplane, I don't know if really anybody had them over in Europe knew. I know they made their way it's over It's a Czechoslovakian there. airplane, right? Zivko What's is that? Czechoslovakian? What? No, it's... It, Zivko? No, they're, they're American. I thought they just had... So, the, okay. Yeah. I thought they were... Three Oklahoma or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because my my wing was sent to them. I thought that that was just their U.S. base of operations. I had always thought they were a foreign entity that because they do like foreign contract work, right? 
Now they do. I don't think they did so yeah. much back then, but now, yeah, now they're, from what I understand, I mean, I, from what I was told that they, that was their goal. And so like, this was like a means to an end, like to show proof of some manufacturing concept, whether I guess it's probably composite, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Their, their so composite work is yeah. the best. I, I think that they have the best composite work out of anybody. I've, I've talked to several people, especially like when I was going through the insurance stuff with my extra and my aileron hinges were beefed up by Zivco at some point by some owner at some time. But, um, everybody says there's two kind of names that get thrown around when you ask about composite work and it's Zivco and Grove and everybody right. mentions Zivco. I mean, every yeah. single person was like, dude, Zivco. Yeah. Um, if you ever get a I didn't chance. know they were headquartered. Yeah. In Oklahoma. That's, I mean, okay. I, I don't have any experience dealing with them. So take it with a grain of oh, salt, yeah. but um, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Even my buddy, my buddy did a lot of test flying with them and um, he was always in Oklahoma. So um, well, and, so now I'm going to say something maybe that's polarizing is I'm shocked that it wasn't more popular in the States. It right. being headquartered here. I, I'm actually kind of shocked. I, I legitimately, I'm not even kidding you. I legitimately, maybe it was just because the name Zivco sounds Eastern block. I don't know. I, think I, I, I don't know where I got that. Oh, it's, I, it's super badass. You know, it all comes down to, well, it's, it's weird too, because you know, Kirby had one and he did really, really well in it. I mean, the guy's amazing. And he oh, won yeah. however many nationals and um, you know, well, yeah, a bunch of people in the States bought them, but it just never, I guess, you know, it flew in Europe at the world's, but it just, the Europeans never kind of got into it for some reason. I mean, I guess because, mm-hmm. well, the Russians weren't buying them at the time, but, um, you know, all the caps were being flown by the French. So they have, you know, they were always flying to French airplanes and yeah. what else was there besides souks and caps? Gosh, I mean, we're talking what, uh, this would be what, mid 90s? Uh, late 90s? 90s? Early 2000s. Late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So extra had what? The mid wing, the L, L for maybe a couple years at that point, you know, yeah. a few years. I, mean, I don't know. Had some, like one off S's. Um, yeah. And the S's. Yeah. But nothing yeah. like real. The extra didn't have their, like, their prowess, the, uh, you know, their stain power that they have now. I wonder if yeah. that's like, wh- what do you think about it? Cause like Cap, I mean, the 231 EX was i mean would still be a hell of a machine yeah. um the edge 540 would still be a hell of a machine and it was i mean especially their air racing stuff uh, i mean nobody was holding a can i mean mx the mxsr uh was definitely up there but like extra bowed out pretty darn quick uh in terms of a competitive air race airplane and right. it's so funny it's like uh, you can almost track all of this like not just from marketing, but it was almost like, well, they just stopped wanting to do whatever they were doing. And the story I got from Zivco was, or, you know, not, I didn't get this from Zivco, but yeah. the, the, uh, the rumor is, is like they, they, they wanted the mil- the military high dollar contracts. This was literally a proof of concept. And then it ended up being kind of, kind of successful. And so yeah. this weird, I mean, their airfoil design was totally revolutionary. Um, and I'm not saying they did that on accident, but it was kind of on accident. Like if this wasn't their main, this wasn't their bread and butter. Like they're not like, we're going to build a 540 forever, you know? Yeah. Which and is so it's, weird. And, sh- and it, you know, it's just, it's just weird to think about how that airplane, you know, there's, I mean, who's flying them in competition now? Um, I know Robbie Gibbs is flying one. He's uh, like the only one I know of in the States that has one. I, I know there's a, yeah. his is not a 540T. It's a single, right? Yeah. It's just 540. And, yeah. um, I think there was a TR here for a while. Um, 
I don't know who owned it in California, but there was one. Oh, I think Chris Cole owned that one. Yeah, he's a nice That's guy. That's right. Yeah, he got an SC. Yeah, he sold that. That's right. That's right. Those, those are the only two I that I know of outside of uh, Melissa's 540 that like seem to, you know, there's like a few, like Kirby's isn't circulating. He's owned his or, or you know, his is his. I know he's yeah. been trying to sell one of them, but um, there's not very many. Yeah. And my buddy, he's there. got a, he's here. He's got a 540 and it's beautiful. Um, he's a really good pilot. He was on the unlimited team and um, I basically was like, I'll go fly my airplane. And he went up in the SC and you know, he really liked it. So I'm like, Hey, what are you, what are you going to do? He goes, I really like my edge and you know, he's sticking with his edge. Um, so, you know, it must be a, a, it must be a good airplane or, you know, or something. They got it right. They really did get it right. I, I will give, you know, and, and, our our chat group is probably one. It's like the highlight of every day because <laughs> not not only from like the memes and the shit talking, but like we really do talk acro talk, you know. And it's so much fun. I like from Aaron and you and uh, Mache. Like, w- dude, like, is that how you pronounce is, his name? Is it Mache or Mache? Mache or paper Mache? I I, 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 think I, it's I thought it was Mache. <laughs> no, it's matcha. Matcha. Like matcha. Matcha green tea or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's going to listen to this and be so mad. He should be because he hasn't um, been on your podcast yet. Well, that's the thing is I don't, I, I can't ask him how to pronounce his name. Cause he won't, he won't come on the podcast. He refuses. Yeah. Adam refuses, but he's too good for yeah. you. No, that's it. That's, I guess, you know, what, what does owning a mid wing extra get you these days? I guess it doesn't get you any camaraderie. No, it gets you, know, you a lot. Whatever. You get to eat it carbone a lot. You get to eat a carbone. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he gets yeah. he gets a preferential table. Yeah. <laughs> enough about nice. him. I don't want him to steal the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enough about him. Um, but yeah, our, our, th- that group is so much fun because you know getting into like the I don't know, man. Like just getting into like these airplanes is so fascinating. We talk, you know, there's airplanes that obviously aren't don't have the staying power and haven't lasted and have fizzled in terms of like where are they now? You know, it's almost right. like that, like E-Hollywood, right? Like where, where is, uh, you know, where are they now? And yeah. you kind of look at these airplanes and, and I mean, cap is always one of those. And we haven't really talked a whole lot about that, but like in terms of the edge, what, what a weird airplane, because it was so, so freaking ahead of a time. Yeah. I right. mean, and then it, then it's kind of gone. Whereas like now I made a comment in there that I thought that the Sukhoi SU-26 was the greatest airplane, aerobatic airplane ever built, which I kind of want to do a podcast on the, on the Sukhoi oh SU-26. Um, I and I have no experience. I, I love it. I love that airplane too. I it's think it's the best airplane ever built. Can you imagine what it would cost to reproduce a Sukhoi with what they did? I mean, you're no. talking like it would be millions of dollars yes. to reproduce that airplane. Do you remember? Let me ask you this. And I want to get back onto the 200, but I want to, I, I, I don't know if you have ever seen this or remember this. Somebody, I don't know if it was Sukhoi posted a thing that was like coming soon. And it was like, Oh, are we getting a car, a full carbon Sukhoi? There was some revamp of the Sukhoi. Yeah. There's anything about it. There's a company, uh, I guess Russia. I, yeah, it's Laros L A R O S. I believe is a company. Yes. And yes, there's talk of them doing it, which would be freaking awesome. But it's like, what are they going to charge? I mean, the, the gear alone it's solid titanium. The gear is solid yeah. titanium. I mean, for yeah. can you imagine what that cost? 
<laughs> no. And, and that was a um that was a theme between all the Russian airplanes, if I remember correctly. I think the fifty four and the fifty five had titanium gear, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I'm um, not sure about the fifty four. I wouldn't doubt it, but I you know, obviously it was it wasn't a titanium wing, it was no aluminum or I forget. I don't yeah, know a lot yeah, about I think the it, it was, yeah. The, the yaks were all, both the 54 and the 55 could in, in terms of construction couldn't hold a candle to the Sukhoi. I mean, they were really rough airplanes. Yeah, it was, it was a tough one. <laughs> that was, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would love to just like dive into the Sukhoi uh, lineage. Cause it's one, it's a fascinating lineage and two, it's crazy that an airplane that has basically, I don't know when the 26 MX or whatever the latest, version of the Sukhoi SU-26 came out. It's been a while. Um, is still insane. Like, in the right hands, could probably win top shot. Oh, it's totally competitive. I mean, I believe, yeah. I'm sure, again, there's somebody, I, my dates are probably a little off, but I want to say that the, so the uh, they started using it in 1984, I want to say, was when yeah, it was really- Sounds right. Around 84, so, 85? So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe it was being designed in 82, 83, produced. So since like the mid, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the one that we have is a 1992. Um, so that's 021222. So it's almost 30 years old, this thing. Like, it's fucking still kicking ass. It's still kicking ass. Whereas like, yeah. as much as I'm an extra fanboy, my mid wing is a 96. Or no, it's yeah. a 97. Uh, it doesn't have that same power. Yeah, it's just every time I open the hangar door and I see the Suk, it's just—I mean, I, it's just such a—it's—it's it's, oh my god, it's just such a cool, it's such a cool looking airplane. It really is. Yeah, I would really. Oh man, there, there's a there's a two seater at my airport and it never flies. It just sits in a hangar. Oh and no! Just like, hey man, terrible. can I just warm the oil up? Can I just which uh, two seater is it? What's that? Who's it's, us? Uh, yeah. it's um do you remember um so russ uh spicoli is uh he's an air force guy uh he's okay. moved to the east coast but it's his dad's and he and another guy out here um we're gonna do a two ship um kind of a air show thing oh neat um and like i think his his job moved him out, you know, and, and so that fizzled, but like, um, it, like it never, it just sits. I've never seen it. I've never seen it even out of the hangar anymore. And you don't see a whole lot of two seaters. You don't see a whole lot of anything in the States. Sukhoi wise. I mean, I don't know how many there are probably a little bit more, but you know, they, they, um, they dropped in price a lot. So uh, the Russians have been, well, the ones that I've seen, yeah, they going back to Russia. It seems, um, yeah, just because I, I guess the uh, the price of it, um, but the fifty four I, mean, I flew got wrecked and then shipped it got shipped back there to be rebuilt and flown. Yeah, that's a funky airplane. That's a really funky looking it. airplane. And even the it just looked heavy. It looked like a ton of bricks. It looked really heavy. It's the biggest piece of shit ever <laughs> produced for aerobatic. I'm not kidding. I, like, I don't know of a bigger pile of shit aerobatic airplane. Like I'm talking piece of shit airplane. <laughs> Like it's it's the controls are gritty. When you move the controls, you're like, is something rubbing? It's like, no, that's just how they feel. It's nah, heavy. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. You know, 
Um, I haven't flown the 55. I've heard the 55 is a nice airplane, but the 54 is super unstable. I mean, not even aerobatic unstable. It's just not like there's a, why obviously all the gear like that. Why does, why did they have to do the curved front gear? Like it's curves and angles forward. It's, I don't I know. Mean, it's so stupid looking. It's, I don't know if they did that for comfort. It's almost like, you know, like how trailing link gear is more comfortable. I don't know if this, that, that acts as kind of a damper for landing. I don't know, but it's, it's uncomfortable. It's loud. It's stinky. It doesn't fly well. It doesn't have any, there's no redeeming qualities of a Yak 54. <laughs> now they only made like a handful of them. And I think there's only, there might be two or one left, you know, Eric Beard crashes the fuck decades ago. Yeah. Um, uh, probably no, like- sorry. He didn't crash his, I flew Eric Beard's. He, he crashed and then his estate sold it to, um, Jim Bork. And then oh, okay. it moved on to Rich. But it's uh, probably like forty Yak fifty fours in Russia and some container somewhere. You know, there might be. There. <laughs> and nobody. The, the story wants, I got. <laughs> well, the, the, so the story I got on those, and and you, you might uh, be able to educate me on this, and then we got to get back. I to I don't the, know anything about Yak fifty fours. Okay, so this might be this might be pulled straight out of my ass. Is that um, they only made like five of them? I think it was five, and it was oh, made no. specifically to coach the team to fly the 55 and it was supposed to be this airplane that was like, okay, this is a two seat 55. Well, it turns out it's nothing like the 55 at all. And they hated it. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history, but, um, it's, it's for, I like the look of the 54 in so many ways over the 55. Cause the 55 is like, okay, you guys took a, you guys took a toilet paper roll and added wings to it and a tail. Like, that's not that cool. Like you guys no. could have been a little more innovative in that. Right? It's it's got button rivets. I mean, it's like the the crudest Russian <laughs> design and build ever. But you know, the fifty four was like a little bit at least nicer looking. Have nice like turtleneck. It's like when you go like you're you're on a layover somewhere, you're cross country, and you get stuck there one night, and you go to the local like restaurant, and it's got like that wonky salad bar, and it's just kind of like uh, you got it. That's the Yak fifty five to me. Yeah, like the salad. Yeah. Oh God, it's. Just, Ugh. That's I mean, a but, great way to describe it. Yeah, is it? <laughs> I think so. You know, like, you're you're up, not excited uh, to be there, but there it is. Yeah, like I like I like kind of going to the salad bar and and kind of making or a buffet, but it's just a shit buffet. <laughs> yeah, you you know that, that you go. Okay, you're in you know Mina, Arkansas, at a buffet at, at the salad bar, and you're like, there's a six in ten chance that this makes me throw up the next day, but I'm hungry. But I'm hungry, and, so yeah. and it's here and it's, it. and it's cheap. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so getting back to the 200, so I want to talk about um, there's there's some interesting factoids on the 200. I want to see how much you know. Do you remember the first year it was built? Uh, 95. Actually, the first flight. I don't know the first flight, but I know the 95. I think was the from what I was told, 95 was the zero one or something like that when it first. Uh, came off so what was so from the the notes here i have you're close uh 1996 is the first flight was Was that production uh, or was that first flight both Both. so the first flight was uh the second of april 1996 and the first production airplane rolled off the line in 1996 seems like at least according to the information i have now that could be wrong next question um how many did they build Oof. 
I want to say, I know they built some, like one in 2001. And then like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to pay, I think somebody's got like an 06. Yep. If I had to guess, I want to say around 32. You're close. Um, from what Eric <laughs> told me, serial number 47 is what? the latest 47, which actually shocked me. I didn't think there were that many. Because 96 to 98-ish, there was only like 28 or something like that, right? I don't know. I, I so uh, he was, you know, in in his uh, in his very um, polite way, it was like, I'm so because I told him I was like, hey, we're gonna do a podcast on it. Like, uh, can I get a few, you know, facts? He's like, oh, like um, I can get it to you tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you know, we're gonna do the podcast tonight. It's not like a big deal, but um, you got like, ten oh, minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I need it three minutes from now, dude. Hurry up. <laughs> but uh <laughs> right just need it now you impatient fucks yeah um but he said um serial number 47 is the newest and oh my that gosh. is what's interesting so so i i, I was trying to 47. dig a little bit more into the 200 and it it appears so from 96 to present is is 47 there was the latest one, um, at least according to what I've been able to find, was 2007. Yeah, that was the, uh, it was like yellow and green, wasn't it? I believe so. The newest, That's, yeah. Where the hell are and, the rest of the 200s? Because you don't see them a lot. And if there's. I don't know. I don't know. That's something wild. It's, it's wild. Because um, that, that's a lot. And you don't see, not only do you not see them. But you don't; they're not circulating. So it's not like that you see them in competition very often. No, they're not circulating. They must be all in Europe. I mean, it must be all people that just own them in Europe. Because I guess um, I mean, mine. One of mine went to uh, South Africa to a really nice guy down there. Um, okay, you know, that's down there. Um, and then Japan. My friends went to Japan. Oh, that's you don't cool. really hear a lot about from the Japanese, or you know, fine. No. They, they got like a little club out there. I forget, but. Um, it's, it's fascinating, you know, to see where these kind of these, these airplanes, where they take hold, you know, cause like the 200 it's, and I, I want to get into price cause I've got some pricing numbers, um, that are, that are maybe sobering, not sobering, but funny. Um, well, yeah, like I can, I would bet that if you wanted a 200 from the factory, no, tomorrow, I would say it's gotta be every bit of 300,000, if not more. <laughs> So the the nut the number I have here. <laughs> this is not from, by the way. This is not from Eric. Um, this is all stuff like I Gotta just was able to kind of pull off of. You're really close. You're really close. Three forty nine. You're getting you're getting colder. Uh, as of 2016, which I this must be at the time of this of uh, this write up on the 200 that I found um, was 370. Oh my god. 370. <laughs> Guess what they were uh, new in 1996? Uh, 190. No, they were two. F- and the first one, I thought they were sub 200, and then they went to, to mm-hmm. a quarter million. So, uh, according to this, $170,000 in 1996. Yeah. And then they obviously I not accounted for inflation. Yeah, but I don't think that included getting it over. And then. Oh, no, um, no, no. This would be just purchase price. Million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is um, now maybe you can correct me on this. Uh, well, I want to say the price on the 300L back then. And then um, I want to ask you this. So the 300L back then 
What do you think that went for? 1996 versus 1996. 96. Versus three. Uh, so three, yeah, 96 two, I would say 225. Man, you almost nailed it. 235 is what this is saying. 235, yeah. Yeah, so you can see the interesting acquisition costs of both back then. You know, we're talking uh, sixty-five grand difference. Um, did your airplane ship without an engine when you bought it, or was no. it here in the states ready to go? Yeah, it was. I have I have pictures I can send you, but basically, um, you know, because from what I understand, um, Walter flies every one of them. You know, whatever yeah. it is, S C L L X, blah blah blah. And, yep. you know, he flew mine and then they just like, they would normally ship an airplane to a competition or whatever wing comes off and into the container. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but I think like Gullian had his airplane ships without a motor, I guess, cause he gets sponsored by them. Or I don't know, but I think that he, well, had I, I had heard that a few times. Um, mm-hmm. that, and that's why I asked cause, um, my mid wing came across without a motor the 300L that I, I ferried. Well, um, yours was a uh, Northern Light airplane. So they and were sponsored wonder, by Lightcoming. So they really had the motors here. And that's why, maybe why that's ship the motor all the way to Europe if they're being manufactured here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That must be what it is because bo- the airplane that I'm thinking about uh, that I ferried, I did a ferry job for, and then mine were both airshow airplanes. Um, the Toyota Motorsports airplane that I ferried also shifts without a motor and that must be what it is that must, so that's the variable so i learned yeah. something today cool um well, i'm guessing yeah I mean, yeah I, no that, that I makes sense. total sense i mean especially like you know when you're talking um a big team i mean like back then like the toyota motorsports team was that that's a that was a team or not a yeah. team i mean it wasn't like a multi-ship but it was like it was like a mike Goulian of today right or or something to the effect of i mean a high dollar you know high profile team i guess yeah um yeah, speaking of the you know, speaking of the two hundred, I remember. So, um, a friend of mine, he's not a close friend, but you know, I've known him a long time. He was on the uh, the Northern Light team, and for his training to get accepted, they all, you know, Andre and Mary, all those guys came out, and they did the formation uh, test or court whatever in the two extra two hundreds that we had here. So that's how we actually got. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So. I remember seeing those airplanes go up and down like for a week straight. Man, that's cool. Yeah. I, not to, de, to uh, derail on the Northern Lights, but man, I just – that's one of the, the, the first memories I had of like true admiration was watching the Northern Lights. That's when I first – I mean I always saw like – uh, you know, I saw Goulian perform, shot, saw Tucker perform and, and the greats, you know. Um, but the, I just, I have this, it's such they a weird really thing. On show. They really put on a yeah, show. They did. And I, I, there's something about multi-ship civilian teams that like I've really, I really have always appreciated. Um, not only as a, as a kid spectator grabbing the fence, but even now, um, like the Phillips uh, Aerostars, like, that's a cool team, you know, like they do some cool stuff and it's just kind of fun to watch um, like, you know, a multi-ship extra team kind of do their thing, especially because you fly an extra and it's kind of cool to, to know, you know, what yeah. they're doing. And they had, a, you know, um, they had a cool paint scheme. They had cool airplanes. They're all painted the same, you know, they did it up. They weren't like, you know, they weren't like one of those teams that like tried to pretend like they were the blue angels, you know? No. And, um, they were professional, but you know, it seemed like they were just normal dudes. And 
and flew a really good show. And um, I really yeah. loved it, especially when they come into town, like, cause one of the guys was based at my airport. So they'd come in and, you know, you get these five mid wings that pull up and <laughs> like just drooling. <laughs> oh, so cool. I mean, yeah, it, it's just so freaking cool. And they, I mean, man, they, they put those airplanes through it, man. They, they, oh, man. they, they it was yeah. a good routine, really good routine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame that you know there's not a lot of video of it out there too. I just try to call. There's not. Video. It's crazy, and, and I think I told you guys like I remember watching Discovery Wings Channel back when they. Uh, I think this was first when like like satellite TV and like digital cable was coming out, and so you know you had Discovery Channel, and then you had like Discovery Animal Planet, whatever. And then there, I don't know if you remember this or ever watched it, but there was a, a legit channel dedicated to Discovery Wings, which was twenty four seven aviation shit. Which, I remember that. Oh my god! I mean, and then dude, they had a special on Oshkosh. Remember that? Yeah. And they were doing like oh, yeah. helicopter footage and, and everything. It, it was awesome. It was uh, for anybody that loved. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I'm I'm 38, so I grew up on on the Discovery Wings show, which was on. I don't even remember when it was on, but I just remember going to Discovery Channel and hearing that like the intro to Discovery Wings, the 30 minute remember, show. Uh, Speed Channel. Do they still have Speed Channel? There's yeah, some aerobatics yeah, yeah. stuff on TV channel, I remember. Yeah, they used to put on they I think they actually would man, I don't know if it's nationals. I used to watch some competition on there um that they would air highlights of. Yeah. There was actually I'm, I'm not, I've been trying to track down a, a not really trying, but I used to have this VHS tape and ESPN did a, a special on the ninety six walk with uh Oh, that's cool. It was really neat. And I lent it out and then obviously I didn't get it back, but um, yeah, there's ESPN did a whole thing with EAA and they went to the worlds when it was in Oklahoma. It was a really cool video. Uh, I got to get that. Cool. And it's a shame because you can't download true. it anymore. No. And like, yeah, now it's nice to, to live in an age where like anything that's done now is like, there's some video, you know, filmed of yeah, it. I mean, looking nationals, great. every pilot gets videotaped. It's pretty wild. It's pretty yeah. cool. Which I love because uh, I don't know about you, um, but I love content. I just love I love talking about this stuff. I love watching it. Whatever. Um, yeah, and now with all the drone stuff going on, I mean, it's wild. Oh, my gosh. Dude, the stuff they're doing. Like, people that can get a handle on drone um, choreographed filming of an event, especially uh, something like an air show or aerobatics competition uh, or otherwise. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I think, and I think there would be more of it too, but there's, you're always going to have like one of those Karens at the airport where they're going to complain. So I think a lot of people want to do it, but they're like, for me, like yeah. I brought my drone to a camp one time and I was like ready to, I was doing a couple things like kind of like inside and a little bit outside and, you know, I was going to start like messing around, but safely, obviously away from, and I'm like, all I need is just some idiot to take a picture of me doing this and then they'll call the faa and then all of a sudden now i'm in trouble i think that's the biggest and you know there are some assholes out there that are gonna you know be idiots with it and probably cause some damage but well story time so (laughs) i'm on arrival into lax in the airbus commercial full commercial airline flight I'm, i'm turning base um to land at lax and approach goes hey uh, just had a pyre up of a of a drone, large drone, you know, X amount of feet high um, off your, you know, two o'clock as you turn final. Okay. Cool. Um, we never actually saw the guy uh, or saw, saw the drone, but 
when we landed, I mean, like the news was blown up, like, you know, un- and then there's now there's been like some freaking rocket guy, <laughs> some what? rocket pack, like, cl- oh yeah, Google like rocket pack LAX. Some guy in a rocket pack has been like clogging up the finals on uh, c- coming into LAX. But why do you have to do like, um, just think like, why would you do that? Just go somewhere else. Go, go somewhere, somewhere else. I know. And we almost hit a drone. Um, I don't know if it had gotten away. Um, this is also flying the Airbus, but we're coming out of Seattle going East. Uh, I think we're going to Chicago or something and, um, had to like kick the autopilot off and like duck out of the way of this, like just drone, just hovering just like, sitting there. It was, it was, it was high, dude. It was, I mean, we were like, I mean, we were a few minutes off of departure, but it was like, it was like 5,000 feet. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, that's like kind of, that's pretty high for a drone. Yeah. So I don't know if it just gotten away and then like, I don't know if it, it was just like sitting there though. It wasn't, wasn't moving. So like it wasn't under, I don't know if it wasn't under control or I don't know what, so, but um, it was, it was, it was no bueno, but that, you know, that it's going to happen. You know, that's a whole topic for another day is like, there's going to be a commercial airliner that smacks a drone. It's just going to happen. Yeah. But if we can get, you know, what would be great. And this, I would love to see the IAC do this, not to uh, divulge too much or a uh, divest or diverge. One of those words, um, I'm pilot uh, from the 200, but because um, I want to get back. There's a couple more factoids on the 200, but yeah, I, I would love to see the IAC um, get on with, you know, if there's a legitimate production company that can really put these drones in a place where obviously everybody needs to feel safe. But, you know, you put a zoom and a gyro on something well enough. I mean, it right. could be done really safely i mean it could be done it's really amazing safely. some of the footage that even like i have a, a small dgi or, and the footage that comes out of that thing is it's incredible it's it's, it's amazing <laughs> well you've seen that one guy that's posting all these videos what's his name it's like tamoy or something it's matcha um or something. <laughs> matcha yeah matcha freaking carbon matcha carbon um <laughs> gosh well, I, tamur uh th- the guy if you guys haven't seen this i don't well, I wouldn't be able to give you his Instagram to go look him up, but I think his name's Timor. You probably have all seen it. He does these like canopy off extra videos and all this crazy drone stuff. It's insane. Um, but if he can do it without smacking a drone, I think, you know, we could probably right? figure it out. But um, Jeez. yeah. No. So, okay. 200 stuff back to the 200. And I want to actually <laughs> talk about why I like the 200. And why you like the drone? Because we've talked a little bit about it, um, but I want to. There's a couple more things here, and I, I I can't remember where we left. We left off on the price. We talked about the price. Um, interesting numbers. We got yeah. So forty seven. At least you know. I don't know if they skip serials, but at least forty seven is the last serial number of of uh, the two hundred. Supposedly, you can still buy one. Supposedly, yeah. yeah if so they will. They are made to order. If you if you want to spend that kind of money on one, <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, too, for twenty sixteen prices of being three hundred seventy grand. Uh, fast forward now, that I mean, easily four hundred grand. What's an NG go for now? Oh gosh, I thought fifty five hundred. I don't know. I think you're probably going to be closing in on five hundred. You know, out yeah. the door. You know, and then yeah, are messing with paint and autopilot and all this crap. You're you're going to go north. <laughs> But yeah, um, I think it's, I think, 
I don't know. I mean, Eric's really the guy for that, but I think, you yeah. know, 475, 480, you know, flying it away from Florida. I think that's a safe yeah. bet. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that, that plane is really growing on me. You know, at first I'm like, oh, ah, I don't like it. Um, dude. But now I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, man. It's really the, nice. You know, and, and all, I tell you what, it's going to take one person to get it and throw a single place canopy on it and do something crazy and not crazy. I mean, do really well in it for everybody to be like, Holy shit. I really, what are we, we doing gotta, with all these other airplanes? They really had to start posting some videos of it. Cause you know, yeah, everybody says it's great, but you know, there's a lot of airplane manufacturers out there that say their planes are great and can't really see them fly. <laughs> 2020 was a real kick in the balls for that dude. Cause like Goulian was supposed to get one. I was so, I can't oh tell God. you how excited I was to get Goulian in an NG. I was, he might still, I, I mean, you never know. I think he will. Um, I, I hope he will. Uh, good. Oh man. I hope he will. I, 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 I don't know when people are describing that airplane, uh, in characteristics closer to an, uh, a three thirty SC. That's really impressive to me. It's it really is. impressive to me. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is marketing and, but I've never, yeah, I, they, you know, extra really doesn't exaggerate a lot. Um, no. and I think I've heard them say it's not an SC, but it's close and that's a lot. Yeah, though. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Um, but who knows? I wonder how it feels too. Cause it's a different shape. It's a lot of different things going on with it. So I wonder if it's still, I'm sure it takes off and lands like an extra, but you know, like the SC flies, nothing like any extra I've flown. And I wonder if this is kind of like the third, you know, rendition of another extra flying completely different. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I'm sure you would agree like going from the 200 to the 300 L um, or even a mid wing, like they all kind of fly like an extra. Yeah. They land, they take off like one. I mean, a 200, yeah. What's tough about the 200 is everybody kind of forgets that that prop on it is really small. So you don't really have braking. So I remember if you were just, yeah, if you're a little bit fast, you just float, 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 float. Let let me tell you my first landing yesterday and (laughs) yesterday it was, it was a crappy day. Uh, That's my excuse, right? Um, It was a pretty gusty day. It was like literally a a crosswind. They were, they were, on they swap the they turn the airport around which is if you if you turn the airport around at this particular airport you know that you know the the weather's kind of like not not real great yeah something's um, coming in yeah so we were kind of like we were kind of in the midst of like a, a pressure change and uh, the winds were shifting and, and gusting and so there's that but um, man the thing I love about the 300 is you can go you could be 160 knots a beam the numbers chop it push the prop in and that thing will slow you down to over the fence speed perfectly. I mean, you can yeah. time it to where that thing in it and you could put it right on the numbers. The 200, it just can't do it. It just doesn't if, have the prop. If you're five, I think I was coming in at 90 with that airplane or 85. Yeah. I forget. No, I was coming. Oh gosh. No less. 85 over the fence works pretty good. 80, 85, like 80 solo. Like I, I don't know that I want to be any slower than that in the 200. Yeah, it might have been – if I was ah, – gosh, I'm like guessing at this point. But whatever it was, if you were five knots faster, you would just float. <laughs> yeah. It would just not want to come down. Yeah. So that's like a lot of things, you know, when, you, when you're trying to get into like a 1,500-foot strip or something like that. And, yeah. you know, you kind of got to be on the numbers there. Or you got obstacle at one end and blah, blah, blah. But, totally. you know, 
you can really that airplane uh, kind of sneak attacks you a little bit. And the other thing too is people get confused with that airplane because it's really underpowered. So you know it's an extra and a here extra and you're expecting three, but it doesn't have the power to get yourself out of things. And I think no. one guy, one guy, unfortunately, I think passed away from doing a Cuban eight or something like that on takeoff or something. You can read the report. Oh, geez. Yeah. A while ago. And, um, so yeah, it's a, you gotta be really careful down low with that airplane. Um, cause you just, you really don't have any power and it's doggy no, too, and, especially in hot weather. I was just going to say, you feel it. It's do- I was just going to say that you feel like the, in a 300, I'm sure in the 330, even when it's hot, you're like, okay, like it's not a cold day performance, but like it doesn't really matter because it's no. you've got a lot of horsepower. In the 200, it, it's on a hot day with two people on that airplane, you are, wow. I mean, you are really, really limited on in what you can do in that airplane uh, in terms of you, like getting out of your own way. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, it, without before getting into the weight of it i remember flying getting ready for nationals in it and i mean obviously before nationals i knew this but you'd be diving in and the thing would just not want to get to red line at all yeah and <laughs> just keep it i think i was diving <laughs> like 4500 or 5000 feet trying to get it like as much and like make like you know not not be too steep so the judges don't look at you funky and <laughs> the plane just doesn't want to get the red line <laughs> That's what's weird is you would think because you can't slow down going going in uh, in you know on the approach to landing like you can in a three hundred you would think it would accelerate because it can't slow down you would think it would accelerate and it doesn't the three hundred accelerates better going down and it slows down better going down like I used to always teach people in the three hundred like you could you could be pointed down and slow down like you can literally go power idle prop full be pointed down and decelerate in the descent you could yeah. slow down in the descent pointed down whereas like you can't really do that in the 200 like you can in the 300 and then conversely when you're trying to dive in and get airspeed the thing just it kind of like stalls in, yeah. in its acceleration where you're like all right man i guess this is what <laughs> this is what i'm getting today and then you throw those barn doors out and during rolling and it's like the plane goes i mean that's the you know that's interesting too with the 200 is that that airplane I was able to fly three times a day and not really have any energy issues because, you know, you don't want to overpull with that airplane, you know, around six G or seven G, you know, throughout the sequence, you can serve some decent energy and you'd make it through. But with the three thirty, you know, the plane accelerates and it's got so much thrust that you're constantly, it's, it's a much, much faster airplane. So you're constantly at eight, nine G all the time. Like it, you know, the yeah. 200 the first pull was a decent, you know, I'm at a G, I forget, I mean, I guess eight or nine or nine, whatever. But everything after that was minimal G. And, you know, the DSC is just, it's constant, you know. You're kind of in that regime, like that envelope, like all the time. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, two flights are enough for me. I mean, unless, you know, we're at a camp and I'm well rested and, you know, I didn't eat five cheeseburgers the day before. I could do three, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the plane, the SC just beats you up. Beat, I mean, for yeah. me, at least I'm not, I'm not a professional and I'm not like some of these other guys, but, um, yeah, that's, I would that's say a, you're a professional at what you do. Like that's a fair, not even to be cliche, but like the level of what you're doing, I mean, advanced, you're going to be moving on to unlimited, like what you're doing physio physiologically is professional level stuff. Yeah. You're, you're pushing the envelope, not, you're not pushing the envelope of the airplane, but you're, 
you are pushing the airplane. Like that you're not over, you're not overdoing anything, but you're definitely, you're up there. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, it's just, you gotta be under, I mean, Oh, totally. Like there's you're, just, you're so many good pilots out there. There's so many other good pilots. It's incredible. And then somebody got, there is there is yeah. You know what amazes me though? is like some of these pilots that, that are out there and you know, it's, uh, they don't have the airplane, but they are just so freaking good. It's, it's almost <laughs> what makes you want to quit. And yeah, you know, and yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know how we got into that, but um, yeah, there's just a lot of, and I can't even imagine like being in the cockpit and, you know, like I said, I'm still getting into unlimited a little bit more and more each day, but um, you know, I look at some of these top, top level guys that are, you know, going to walk and unlimited and they are just, it's, you really can't appreciate it until you try, you start trying to do some of those figures and, you know, they're just so damn good. <laughs> it's like, well, that's the problem too. Like, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this and we definitely have talked about it offline um, in the group chats and stuff. Seeing the airplane there, there is, there is definitely a, a dissonance of, oh, this person has an extra 330SC. If I buy that airplane, especially watching somebody watching somebody who does it beautifully, like uh, Rob Holland's a perfect example. You watch his in-cockpit videos and you're like, well, this this is easy. How much does he get paid? Because whatever it is, it's too much. It's fucking Yo, easy. All you do is just put looks, the stick here and here, right? And you can stop it. Yeah, you, you, stop you move rolling. the stick and then when you when you go to the center, it just stops. Like there's yeah. okay. Like, no big deal. A monkey could do that. Yeah. No big deal. And then <laughs> the, a person could go buy that airplane and then effectively it would kill themselves because you have no idea what a professional like Rob or any of these other, I mean, I, I would call you all professionals. I mean, the fact you have to watch what you eat, watch what you do, watch your physiology, practice, coach, critique, show up to game day. I mean, the fact that you don't get paid. Yes, that is the legal definition of professional, but like, holy shit, man. Oh, you're at least an athlete. That's is at least athletic. Yeah, and you sacrifice um, a lot too. And you sacrifice a ton of shit to do it. And so like making it look like, man, it, it blows me away at watching that level to, to uh, add to your point of um, people that make it look so easy like it's so funny you um, see some of these people post online and you're just like you need to to dial it back <laughs> sell what you're in and get something simpler or take it slow because everybody you see it they get the airplane and it's like full deflection dicks full deflection that and you're just like what are you yeah. dude come on man like you can't really i mean how do you get to that level of being able to afford one of these things and think to yourself that it's that that something you could pick up within a year like and fly like them. It's, it's amazing. I honestly, it is amazing, and it's it's frustrating because people that appreciate the the path, it almost sounds like, um, like kind of tribal. Like I remember this. Like I remember this in the corporate world, flying private jets. People are like, oh, you, yeah, you got to cut your teeth and do this to get to this, and blah blah blah. And I used to always be like, this is so stupid. I hate that. Like, I hate that 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 idea of like, you got to do this. You got to grind. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to take it in the chin a couple times, but like that you have to, in order to like move up. And <laughs> that being said, you know, I, I think there is this thing of like in aerobatics, especially like where like 
everybody can appreciate. Well, everybody should appreciate the journey because it should be fun. The journey should be fun. It's not, I struggle with this in a lot of ways of like, I I just want something now. We're all impatient. We're impatient humans. Um, yeah, it would be great to be an unlimited pilot and not give a shit about uh, your effort. It'd be great. That'd be it'd be so awesome. But what a three thirty right? right? <laughs> and, and right, you know, I mean, I, you go to contests, you, you know, and don't think I'm not I'm not grateful or anything like that. But you know, you, I show up in the Super Decathlon, and and trust me, I'm very I was very grateful and, and I was very happy to be there. But sure as shit, you know, when somebody pulled up in an MX or or an extra. Like that's a cool, that's a cool freaking plane. Like, and you watch that airplane fly and it was really cool. Um, so, Super you know, cool. but you gotta, if you have the right, uh, mentors and, you know, people teaching you, you know, you, you can understand that it's, it's, everything's a stepping stone and, you know, yeah. you might not want the extra. And you should enjoy those stepping stones. Yeah. I mean, I had, I don't know if I told you one of my favorite flights in my whole entire life. I have a couple, but one of my, one of my favorites for airbags is I was flying a super D and that airplane has, did I tell you a story with the snow? No. So that airplane has incredible heat. So we used to fly it all winter long. It was great. And like a t-shirt <laughs> up here in New York. That's and awesome. um, we were flying. It was like an yeah. overcast, overcast day with precip in the area, but nothing like crazy. Like, not even piled. It's like stupid stuff that wasn't even reaching the, uh, the ground. And I remember we were just doing some like, uh, just figures. I don't know. Maybe flying a sequence. Who knows? And I pulled vertical and all of a sudden, like you, I see the snow start like whipping past me, my eyes and everything, you know, it was like going into like, uh, outer space or whatever with stars. Oh, and yeah. then you get to the top Both of the, speed, uh, baby. yeah, it was cool. So it was really cool. And then you got to the top of the hammerhead and it was so cool. I remember looking out the front, I, you know, I was looking at the sighting device, but then I remember like just looking out the front windshield and it was, you know, cause you're just not really going anywhere for a brief moment. And it was just snowing like up high, like you were just kind of hanging out in this high snow and then you hammer out and then it was still kind of snowing. And as you picked up speed, all of a sudden the snow started picking up and it was the coolest thing in the world. And that's uh, awesome. I love yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It was really, really neat. And yeah, that's just super D is that's a tough, you know, if you're you talk about 200s and stuff like that if you know you want to compete in intermediate and you're going to be in a sport for a while and possibly or if you know you're going to want to fly advanced or unlimited one day and you you know you're going to get a 300 the 200 is hands down the best airplane to get i in my I opinion. agree but I if agree. you know you're going to stay in sportsman and you know you got maybe you got a family that were a wife or a son that likes to fly too. And you want to do some sportsman aerobatics, but you also want to go into some short fields and blah, blah, blah. The decathlons is your choice, you know? Yeah. I think it's a better all rounder for sure. But as far as something that's going to, going to make you really appreciate the power of a 300 series aircraft or above, you know, a 200, even if you owned it for like a year, or two years, um, it would do so much for somebody, it, and you don't get hurt financially with it. You really don't. No, no. So though, I think, and that's what I was going to kind of mention. I, I would argue right now, a two hundred would be a better buy than like a a, ni- a late nineties extra three hundred midwing or L in terms of resale and in terms of, um, 
They're I, well. Well, resale honestly, totally because you have the two hundred. It goes without saying that the fuel the fuel burns low, and yeah, you know, I knew. You know, I, I was kind of surprised when I sold my first 200 to a guy in Florida. He just really liked it. He came from a Super D and, you know, and and I'm really happy it stayed in the States. And then the second 200 um, that I sold, um, it went to South Africa. And, you know, it was, it was good value. The fuel burn, uh, I don't know what gas prices are in South Africa, to be honest. But, um, but the fuel burn is low on it. And yeah. I really enjoys it. And he wasn't an advanced guy. He was just getting into aerobatics. He had a super decathlon and he wanted something with a little more oomph, but you know, he didn't want to go to the 300 yet. And he bought this and he, he still flies. It's a beautiful airplane for it. Oh, it's every time I fly the 200, even owning a 300, I I mean, I I really enjoy the 200 and that's why I wanted to kind of make a podcast on it and talk about it. It's nobody talks about the 200, you know, it's, it's almost well, a forgotten look, airplane in so many ways. It's like the 300. I, I love my 300. So, but you know, you get it. It's, it's really, you know, all extras are purpose built, but yeah, it, the 300, the six cylinder monoplanes are really purpose built. You know, it's loud, it's fast. It's a, you can pull out a G in it and everything like that. But the 200 is, it's quieter. Um, comfortability. It's, it's probably the same, not so much for a tall guy, but, and it's a little slower. So you're kind of like just hanging out, like looking around more and enjoying, enjoying the ride a little more. So it's a little bit more tame and, yeah. and you know, it's a little bit, it's just less uh, intense. That's probably the right term. It's, it's a little, it's less intense. So if you don't want that, you know, hardcore fast, not hardcore, it's stupid to say, if you don't want that super fast and high G and, high speed stuff and you want to just go out and do loop and roll or sportsman intermediate really, really well. The two, uh, 200s, the airplane, there's no doubt. Yeah. And there's so many airplanes that kind of live in that space, right? Like I, I would put that in the same category as an S two C, even though the S two C can do advanced. I mean, so can the 200, but like, you know, it's a 260 horsepower airplane. It's not, you know, uh, we could, dec- we could critique the differences between a pits and an extra, but like the 200 is like, it fits in that realm, that space of like super D energy wise. Uh, too. Yeah. Energy wise, uh, horsepower wise, you know, Actually, yeah, um, one can perform a 200 and it did really well. Oh, national. 100%, 100%. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, sh- I mean, you know, the right S one, I guess that there's too yeah. many variances of the S one, but the S one S is that people are, are putting out now with, you know, squared wings or the wolf wings and everything. Those things, destroyed a 200 dude the, the that wolf uh what is it the wolf pro 360 or whatever it is that like s1 with a, a that insane engine oh yeah. my god and that's i tell you what that's an unlimited that that'll murder things on unlimited and that yeah. and the insane airplane i would love 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 to fly that airplane and that can't hold a candle to 200 you're totally right i mean but like you know like the s1t or, you know, the other variances of the S1 that are just like, you know, you're kind of run of the mill factory, uh, either factory built or, um, you know, plans built, I guess is probably uh, a good word. What's that? I mean, they're pretty equal. I mean, I think the 200 has it, but um, as far as the stock pits is and everything like that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen some but of it's the best cool airplane too, cause It's like, uh, you know, plus 10, minus 10, 200 horsepower airplane. It's yeah. the only one. It's, I mean, only certified one for sure, 
but um, it's just fun, and it's you know it's good for passengers too because somebody who's never flown in an airplane, let alone an aerobatic plane, you know, you throw them in, especially like the midwing. The midwing is loud; it's all metal panel. You know, you can't see anything. You can't see anything. It's tough. You get in a two hundred if they can fit, but <laughs> you get you get in a two hundred and it's quiet. It's comfortable. Yeah, everything's kind of like refined a little bit more, and it's just, it's so much more joyful. It really is. I agree. No, I agree. I find I find. Um, I, and you know, I think we're all, I, I'm sure you get into the 330 SE and you enjoy, you know, like when you're hopping when you're strapping in, like the ritual of like throwing your shoot on and then getting into the seat, strapping in and then taking off. Like there is some enjoyment. Like it's a weird, it's like hopping into a race car. Like there is a weird enjoyment of doing that, at least for, for me. But yeah, once I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just certainly it starts getting the kind of the, you know, the juices flowing a little bit. You're like, all right, like we're going to go. You know, it's pain time, baby. Let's go. Let's go do some working out. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like the 200, I don't now granted, I don't go, I don't do anything really hardcore. And, um, the, the, you know, the 200, like the I fly is my buddy Rob. You got to look for the pain. <laughs> you kind of got to find it. Right. And, um, but I find the, the way out to the practice area, the takeoff and the climb out to be so much more enjoyable from a flying standpoint. And it's really, really weird. I was thinking about that specifically as far as like the distinction, like why I, I do enjoy my midwing. I love looking at out and seeing that big, beautiful maroon, purple, whatever wing as I'm climbing out. I'm like, man, this is what a hot rod. Like, this is so cool. But like the 200, it's like, ah, oh, like this is, in a weird way, I almost like, I'm like, this is real flying. Whereas like the, uh, the yeah. 300 horsepower, I'm like, this is not, doesn't, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's probably my own hangup, but I really enjoy flying the 200. Well, I, I've found the midwing, the midwing was really, really, um, you know, especially the position of the wing. I mean, really great for competition. It's got all those panels in it, but it's, it's really pr- more purpose built. And it yeah. almost makes you feel bad when you're not flying it like you should. And the 200, it's like, okay, like, you know, I know I don't have the horsepower, so we don't have to really go crazy. <laughs> like, we yeah. can just have some fun. <laughs> it's such a great airplane for the person that loves recreational aerobatics and, like, the pancake breakfast. You know, yeah. that wants a cool airplane that, like, when you show up on the ramp, everybody's like, holy crap, look at that. That's an extra. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's got like, the, it's it's got all of that. It's so cool. You know, and, like, um, I I'm sure I can find out from Eric and maybe we can do a, a, a second episode on it, which I don't know that we need to do two episodes on the extra 200, but um, you know, to find out I'm, lose, I'm game to lose our whole audience. Let's do it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, you know, we'll just call this podcast the extra 200 podcast. We'll just keep talking about it. Um, but you know, like uh, the, obviously the tail is just kind of a shrunken tail. Um, the wing Again, not sure if the, if this just a matter of a rib taken out of the 300 S wing. That's that's what I always knew it as as too, and that's why I asked him about. It. I was I mean, like, oh, it's like 200. Looking at the front next time you're out there, look at on the front, like 15 feet in front of the nose, and you'll see it's like got a little bit more dihedral than the other extras. For I, I just remember seeing like I that could be. Yeah, it's weird. And I, you know, um, one thing of note that he did say that was interesting is he said it's mounted with zero dihedral. Um, which I'm not sure if the other extras are mounted with zero dihedral. I don't know. Maybe oh, wow. they are. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, not dihedral. Sorry. Not zero dihedral. Zero angle of incidence. Yeah. Angle of um, incidence. Yeah. I did hear that actually. Um, and I'm not sure if the other ones are, are similar. They might be. Um, but I always thought the extra, the mid wing had some angle of incidence on the wing. 
Um, I could be wrong on that. I thought I had a couple of degrees, but um, yeah. you know, I like the midweek. I like the midweek more than the else, to be honest. Boy, now okay, you just sparked the next podcast that we need to talk about because yeah. I would love to. I could talk about that for a long time. I've been really conflicted on the differences between the two. I really have. I'm, I'm not just like being dramatic. I just uh, can't, I can't get over in the L's. The humps underneath your hamstrings. I hate it. I Especially can't stand it. I can't stand it. Spark. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I get it for cross country. It's the best extra out there, but um, yeah, just flying acro and the sticks all fucked up in it too. It's weird. I don't know. That's it's interesting. You say that it's just a little nub for a stick. I don't <laughs> like from, that. Coming from the mid wing to that. It's like, <laughs> what is this thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I, you know, there's things I like about the L obviously I like the visibility. It's a quieter airplane. I, I don't know what they did. And I've flown, so I've flown, my airplane has a sky dynamics six to one, which is super freaking loud. Um, I think it's also and, that uh, you might, uh, yours might be different because yours is a really late mid wing, but a lot of the mid wings have along the fuselage, a lot of metal panels. And I know the yeah. L's, were a lot more, uh, I don't think they had any, I think it was all uh, carbon fiber composite. or yeah, yeah. composite. So that's, I remember the midwings are definitely louder uh, interior. They are. Yeah. The, the, the 300L has like, it's almost like a, not a one piece shell, but it kind of almost is like, I think that turtle deck attaches to like where the canopy railing is. And then there's like the lower panels. Are, I think it, isn't that all one piece? Yeah. Go, I mean, Oh gosh, Positive. my 200, I remember it would have the, uh, yeah, go all the way up to the firewall. Yeah. Whereas you know, the middle is like nine panels. Yeah. It's a, metal. Yeah. And screws. I think, I mean, it really does. How many screws oh. are in there? Like a thousand? Probably. And why Dude, can't that you bring a Zeus fastener? It's like, why are they so against using a Zeus fastener? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I hate the, the screws on the cowling alone. And then they elongate, not elongate. They, uh, yeah, they they bore out the hole a little bit, and it's like, uh. dude, it's it's awful. It's awful. I wish, like, because you look at um, like the mid wing versus some of the newer models, and even like the three hundred L has half the screws on the cowl that the mid wing yeah. So obviously they figured it out. Um, it's just so annoying. Um, Especially yeah, all the panels on the mid wing are metal, and it's you hear it. I mean, with that Sky Dynamics header, dude. Yeah, and I, Alexa. After, Oh, and the Lexan panels, I, dude, everything flexes, everything vibrates. And I, I remember I, I, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do a startup after the uh, annual. And, um, I didn't bring a headset in. I was like, it's just, I'm just going to start it up, make sure everything's running. It scared the living shit out of me when I fired it up because yeah. I thought the airplane was backfiring. <laughs> and I shut it down. I was like, is there something wrong? They're like, no, it sounded beautiful. I was like, is that how it sounds? This is awful. No wonder people complain about it. Yeah. It sounds awful. <laughs> the skydivers are so freaking loud. I had a buddy flying it next to the airport, and I knew as soon as I, he started going, I'm like, ah, this is going to be disaster. And sure as shit, we were on the news, getting phone calls. Like, <laughs> so yeah. one flight with the sky dynamics exhaust. <laughs> it's it's rough, man. And and hearing how loud it is just on the ground starting up i'm like oh man because it it has a very poppy um like backflow to the uh, to the header and you're in and la it, so you've got to be dealing with some real assholes out there no offense i'm in northern though. california no but it's it's true 
Um, I probably like the people around here that just complain all the time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, every, like every story of an airport, right? Everybody moves next to an airport and complains about airplane noise, which is so dumb. But um, yeah, you know, and that's, that's another thing about the 200 is that it's boy in every phase of flight, it's manageable. I mean, like it's, you don't have to worry about what you're wearing as far as ear protection. Like I, one of the things I really love about a helmet is the fact that, you know, there is some passive attenuation from the helmet. Then obviously I have ANR and CEP. So like, it's really, really quiet. Even in the 300 L I can, or really? in, in my mid wing, I can, I, it's really quiet. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's super important. I mean, I, I listen to Bluetooth music and it's just like, Oh, this is nice. This is, this is enjoyable, but in the 200, I mean, it's very quiet, like to the point where, um, you know, I got to really pay attention to like the mag drop sound and, and engine sounds on the run up. Cause yeah. it's quiet. It's really that quiet. We got um, to have a guess on helmets and A&R and this and that. I'd love to dude. You know me, man, I'm a, I'm a helmet whore. I freaking love helmets. I'm a huge helmet proponent. <laughs> How many um, do you have? I mean, I, I just have two I, and no. one's just a shell. Like I only have the comms to one, but I, at one point I did have, I mean, I've gone through several. I had a bonehead, uh, pilot X, uh, sold that. And then I had, uh, I bought the lift. I've had three different lifts just because of different colors. Cause I'm freaking weird like that. Yeah. You're a wacko. Um, I'm a wacko. And then I had a, um, uh, custom flight helmets from Marco. Um, who uh, is an Italian guy. I think he's Italian. He is that the UH- 55 or something like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a clone of the uh, HGU 55. And uh, it's, uh, you know, and they're all, you know, they all have their ups and downs, but uh, I'm a big, so your, I'm a big fan in a lot of We shouldn't even get into this. This needs to be like another, another show. Let's it. Yeah, let's save it. Let's, 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 I let's have a lot of questions for your helmets. I'm, I'm pretty versed. Like, so I built, I built my helmets. Like I built the comms and wired and everything. And, and so like, I, I really did geek out on helmets cause uh, I was anti-helmet for a while. Why does everybody I was the for a long time. Every time on Facebook you wear a helmet, everybody's like, Oh, there's more kind of helmet. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the internet, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. Um, do you get hurt I, when I, people pick on you on the internet? No. See, see like you're normal. No. You can take a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And I think a lot of it is that, um, now the internet can be super brutal and mean as we've all seen to other people. And, and I mean like the, even in the aerobatic pilot space, like I posted a, a video of me wheel landing a pits one time and people just lit me up. Cause the tower told me to like roll the golf, which is like three quarters of the way down the runway to make the left turn. Um, cause the just hanger, my- the airplane. Hey, I'm a part of aerobatic pilots group and they will, Rip me apart for this. Like, I am turning on alpha. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I don't care what's what's going on right now or where you need me, but I'm going to get lit if I do this. Yeah. And sure enough, people are like, oh, nice jet landing. And I'm like, all right, man, whatever. You know, it's like I touch down fine, but it's just like, it, you know, it's the internet. You got to like fight fire but, with fire. Next time they do that, you just got to be like, totally like troll them and just be like, hey, what's your problem? Like, I have feelings too. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself now. You know, like how people react to like some of the stuff we post, and like they go, oh, "But like that's how you should react," and just like be like, "Hey, man!" <laughs> <laughs> I can't even make up like something. I don't even know what I, I can't even act like that. That's <laughs> that's the thing is like um, most of it is kidding. Like my, like my buddy Josh gives me a bunch of crap for helmet stuff, and like yeah. uh, it was a it became a thing for a while because I talked a bunch. I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm reaping what I sow because I talked a bunch of smack about helmets just because. 
I mean, I'm not like the biggest fan of how they look and that's not, I don't think anybody wears a helmet because you look cool in a helmet. Um, it if they do, like, sure. yeah, yeah. The priorities are a little skew if, if you're wearing a helmet for the looks, but, um, you know, that's, and that's the thing is, you know, I hit a, I hit a certain age and I'm sure you probably did this too, where like you're looking around, you have some assets, you have kids, you have a wife and you're like, you know, what, what, what is a couple of grand on a helmet in terms of insurance policy for, uh, banging my head on something. And I'll tell you, it's, um, everybody's like, Oh, well you want a helmet for bailing out. And at first I was like, yeah, I do want a helmet for bailing out. I've had two friends get severe concussions. One of which is not flying ever again from ground loops, smacking their head on, uh, it was one, it was in a T six and the other was no. in an aerobatic airplane Holy smacking God. their head on the side. Yeah. On like a bad ground loop. You know, outside, so like, oh. outside the whole safety aspect of it, which is, uh, you know, he, I feel like every aerobatic guy needs a helmet, but um, I don't, that's just my opinion. But what's really yeah, neat about them is the, uh, not neat, but the visor aspect of it. So you don't have to worry yeah. about your sunglasses being scratched or fogging, you know, it's not, it's just so easy just to pull the visor down and, and have shade. I mean, that's the best part. Nothing's sitting on your nose. Nothing's breaking the seal of the uh, ear cup, you know, going behind your ear. It's just very convenient. That's the other really great thing that a lot of people don't think about. No, I really like that aspect of it. And and it, it, all of it eliminates FOD. Like, um, I'm sure you probably went through this until finding the right headset or headset with a strap combination. But, like, I used to get so annoyed at, like, my Bose or Lightspeed headset getting flung off and smacked into the canopy of something. Yeah. Or and you'd be, like, uh, super sunglasses flying. Velcro to the ears and trying to make some, like... Yeah like retro strap and it's just like such a pain in the ass. And then you'd have to wear like a head dude. I've tried so many different things. I even super glued like buttons onto the, like everything you can think of. I've tried. And it was, yeah. it always was just like, uh, I can't even, it's just such crap. What I, you know, well, maybe I'm not a good engineer, but you know, it was just, no, but it's, it's, changing. Just, it's like, yeah, no, you know, I, I totally agree. And like the options out there, like, you know, putting a normal headset in like, you know, these like skull caps or whatever. And I don't know. It's just like at that point, just get a helmet. Like you're yeah, wearing something covering your entire head. Just get a helmet. At least, you know, you add the protection factor into it. Um, and then, like I said, there's some passive noise attenuation. I, from guy, just I a wearing helmet. a bicycle helmet at one point, but I mean, you can't knock a guy for trying to be safe, but <laughs> it was, it was a no. legit bicycle. <laughs> that, that might be, you might, might, might be time to upgrade there. From the bicycle right. helmet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, anything else we want to say on the uh, the two hundred? Um, I I'm again. So I'm super appreciative that. Um, How many yes. do you think are in the states now? Ooh boy, that's a good question. That might be something worth. Oh, we got. I I'm sure we can find that out. Right? There's got to be some registry we can look up. I guess yeah. look it up by type on the FAA yes, website. I, um, I think there were seven in the U.S. I, I was gonna say. 10 um, only because you just never see them. You never see them. I mean, yeah. having two at our field is like, it's you super weird. I mean, we have three great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really rare. We had three great lakes at one time, which is also really rare. That's, that's um, another cool airplane. Pretty. What's that? That's another cool airplane. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, there's just not that many extra two hundreds. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the pits in that, in that kind of, again, going back to that category, like as far as two seat um, certified airplanes, like the pits obviously has a, 
a pretty good string or at least had in the States here as far as um, certified trainers go. Um, the, you know, the S2B and the S2C, like those are pretty plentiful. You see those all over the place. The mm-hmm. 200 just never, I don't know. It just, it wasn't that big. And people were not that concerned here with economics in terms of operational costs. Um, which I, they, I think they are more now, but now you can't find them. So like right. you put an extra 200 on the market, that thing is, that's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it, it'll be, they'll buy it sight unseen. Yeah. They did, especially now, you know, if it doesn't yeah. already, I mean, I remember I listed mine on like European websites just cause I knew I would probably get the most money for it on that, to be honest. But, um, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, and then a lot of people, like a lot of people knock the airplane and it's funny cause the people, a lot of people that have knocked it that I know of have never flown it. And you know, interesting. What do they say? Well, they, they look at it and it's like, Oh, it's only 200 horsepower and it weighs 1200 pounds and this and that. And like, how good can it be? It's doggy this, blah, blah, blah. But you know, these are all people that, you know, are in six cylinder airplanes and, you know, love, and I get it at, you know, I get their point a little bit, but if you're looking to, to eventually get into one of those airplanes, like a, whatever six cylinder monoplane, um, it's like, it's almost like, you know, you've flown a cub, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, it's almost like never flying a cub, you know, I, the 200 is like the cub. That's of a rite of passage. Yeah. It's like, it's a, the 200, it's just, it's the cub of monoplanes. It's just underpowered. It's a little, you know, no thrust and, but it's got great control harmony and it will teach you a lot. And, you yeah. know, not everybody has to fly a cub, but you should, <laughs> it's a lot of fun and you learn a lot. That's for sure. I agree. I agree. I think the 200 is an amazing airplane. It's really one of those underrated kind of um, unsung heroes of aerobatics because it it doesn't have any real accolades to speak of. I'm sure it's won plenty of of local and maybe regional competitions. I don't think it ever did anything at Worlds that was notable that I know of. I'd have to go back and look, to be honest. There was one one that some guy did. I forget. I think it was in the Atlanta area. It was a while ago, like 20 something years ago. And, um, he, even when I owned my 200, there's a, there is a single place canopy floating around out there somewhere. And I tried calling around, tried to track it down, but I couldn't, but the guy had a 200, he stripped out the whole front seat, everything, you know, got all the weight out of it, put a single place canopy on it and might've done some like high compression pistons or something like that to it. And supposedly okay. it was a good performer. Oh man. I tell you what, I think we, we said this before, but it was like, you know, if you threw a Lycon like 260 horsepower engine in that thing and try to lighten it up a little bit, single place yeah. canopy, dude, that it, man, what a fun little airplane it would be. Cause it's, it's kind of like a three quarter extra 300. If you want to think about it like that, it's a little smaller probably, than a 300. It probably look like if a 300 S and an extra 30 had sex and like yeah. that came out. Yeah. 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 It'd be super unique. Oh, it'd be cool. Just a good kid, you know? Like just a nice just a nice, you know, man or girl. Humble. Good manners. Says hello to everybody. Eats their dinner. People around the neighborhood say good things. Yeah, good on Halloween. Knocks on the door. (laughs) (laughs) Says please and thank you. Yeah, right? Oh man. Yeah, she's just a good kid. No, I I know. I I you know, it's almost one of those things where I wish I wish they'd pump them out. Like, I wish they weren't made to order. I wish they just make three or four a year and just distribute them out to 
dealers or, or whatever, like send a couple to the States. I'm sure they would sell. Maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. They but would, I, but I, they I, probably I, make more money on the L's or whatever. That's probably why. I mean, yeah. cause like, and the other, the other problem that we really haven't touched upon, which I hate saying is it's just not, it's not built for big people. No, so, it's not. No, it's not. It's a small airplane. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a tough thing. I mean, uh, I took a uh, a wounded warrior guy uh, one time, and he was big dude, and he re- he really wanted to go, and I didn't want to say no. And I remember like standing on the back seat, and he was in the front, like just pushing his shoulders down to try to get him deeper, you know, you know, scooching up a little bit to try to you know get into the seat lower so the canopy closed. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm five seven, and in the front seat, the, like, so um, the the two hundred I fly, I was fortunate enough to do the guy's checkout. He called me, he bought the airplane. Um, Chad Graves delivered it, and I think he delivered it. Um, but Chad Graves did the brokering of the sale. Um, I think he delivered it too. But you know, he needed a guy to do the extra. Um, you know, the insurance flying oh, cool. um, for his checkout, and so that's how we and we become friends, which is great. And, um, you know, going into the front seat of that thing, uh, I was like, okay, usually I always wear a parachute, even just pattern work in that. Or, I don't know. It's just, you know, seat you position. Like a, like a seat pack or and not a seat pack, but like a, a full, whatever. Just a backpack. It. Okay. Just like a, like a, like a softy, you know, kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, and I hop in the front seat with the shoot on and I'm like, well, uh, if we're going to be doing pattern work only, I'm not bailing out of the airplane. I may not wear a shoot. Cause I literally, it, it's so uncomfortable. I could barely get the stick back. Yeah. I could barely oh, move. It's a nut crusher in the front. Yeah. And I'm, I'm five, seven. I'm not that, I'm not big. I'm not, and I'm not overweight. I'm not super overweight. I'm not super overweight. I guess, uh, you know, I'm not a beast or anything. Yeah, you're a little heavy. I don't it's winter <laughs> weight, dude. I'm getting the winter weights going, you know, but yeah, it's such a tiny, Exactly. I'm building the coat. <laughs> but even in the, in the backseat, like I'm, I'm at um, the stops on the rudder pedals, which I would never, I'm not even close to, I mean, I, I, you know, I've got it in my fancy midwing electric rudder pedal. So and I zip, I zip those things so far forward. Yeah. Um, whereas in the 200, even in the backseat, I'm at the last, um, the last pin, you know? Nice. Um, so it's 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 a tiny airplane. It's definitely not built for big people, and it's it doesn't have um, you know obviously the weight that brings up the weight and balance envelope. You know, it doesn't have that big of an envelope to stick to FAA adults and some fuel enough to be that viable. It really isn't. I mean, as far as a training airplane goes, and I, I'd say that's probably its biggest downfall is in the training environment. It's not the best a 300 would be a better trainer. Cause you could really, you could fuel it enough to do an hour sortie of some sort of training and be within weight and balance with two, right, you know, right. adults. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's the other probably thing with, where I made that some of the two, like one of my 200s had long range tanks in it. So that thing was like a tanker. I had, Oh gosh. They, a lot of them came with 15 and no, was it 15? There were 20. Yeah, my okay. the long range tanks were twenty and twenty, and then yeah. I had ten in there. And the, sh- the regular tanks was it ten aside or fifteen aside? Probably ten aside, right? I, I think so. Yeah, so like I remember because yeah, I mean that's still that's that's so much fuel for that airplane. Oh my god! Yeah, I used to I made it to Oshkosh one stop. That's amazing. <laughs> Both ways didn't matter with winds. 
Yeah, that's so cool. Although that's that's a long time in that airplane. Yeah. Where do you put yeah. the latte, you know? Oh, I got a, uh, a little plug-in espresso machine that I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, is there anything else we want to say about the Mighty 200? I, I, you're a fan. I'm a fan. Not, yeah. not too many people. I guess here's the thing. You know, when people are like, oh, it's just an extra with 200 horsepower. Well, yeah, that's true, but that's so underselling the airplane. And yeah, not a lot of people have flown the airplane. So there's not this like, uh, I mean, way more people. Have, there's way more extra 300. You, know you know what needs to happen is you got to get somebody who's like, who knocks the 200. Well, that's not like a, you got to get somebody who flies a 300L or a midwing, right? And who knocks, like yeah. maybe he doesn't like the 200, right? And you have yeah. to get just hook up a go- bunch of GoPros with audio and have them fly to 200 and don't say anything and just let them fly it or give them a sequence to fly and just get their reaction. Yeah. Be like if you Just get their reaction. Yeah, it's like, hey, like you're knocking this airplane so bad and, and well, I'll fly a sequence with it. Show me what you got. There's no way to fly that airplane. I'll make this claim. There's no way anybody could fly that airplane and have a bad time. No, definitely not. It's, it's so much be fun. Because they'll just be out of energy the whole time. And yeah. then... You know, it'd be funny, but then a, maybe an eye-opening experience. But wouldn't that be great, though, to get some of these guys in, like, the bigger horsepower machines? And, you know, because it looks like a 200. I mean, uh, it looks like an extra. Well, it is an extra, but, you know, it looks impressive. It looks like, like a 300, like, yeah. Like, throw them in there. Give them, like, the intermediates. You know, get some guy who's flying really good intermediate or advanced or even limited. And and just have them have a go in a 200. Just hook up all the cameras and just see what happens. That would be fun. That'd be so much fun. That would be, be so much fun. Any of these guys, any of these high power guys that are really good, and just throw them in something you know, underpowered and see what they can do with it. Because most of them, I'm sure, can be incredible with whatever. But that'd be totally. a lot of fun to watch. But it'd be eye opening to see their reaction to the fact that that power. You know, you're. You know, I know what uh, we all do. the all the things. What's up? Uh, Gullian's got one in Massachusetts, I think. Well, I'm pretty sure it's still really? there. Yeah, it's a really nice one, actually. Well, it's not his, but um, well, maybe I don't know. But oh um, somebody can we get to him to get access to it and then fly some, yeah. just fly like, some maneuvers. I'm go one up, and then we'll just give him like the inter the intermediate known, and you know, That'd be so much fun. You're the GoPro dude. Tell him where to put the GoPros with audio, and have him fly the intermediate known. That would be so cool. It'd be so cool to see that. Yeah, we should have because I bet one. It uh, it's always. Fun. When is it never? When is it not fun to fly to watch Gullian fly? That's the first thing, and two, he would fly the shit out of that airplane. I mean, he would. It would be so much fun to watch. Um, and it would probably be fun to. It'd be fun to watch his reaction to just yeah, just not having immense amount of horsepower. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, Eric and Walter would be getting phone call. Their phone would be ringing off the hook for two hundred. Oh my! Everybody's <laughs> buying two hundreds now. Oh yeah. <laughs> 200 dude the price of the 200 is just skyrocketed oh my god did you see on extra's website that they're selling peace trips for a lot of money now (laughs) 200 bucks a square foot yeah exactly well it's linear they sell it in linear linear fee oh yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah. i mean 200 dollars for a foot of a peace trip if you want extra branded peace trip i kind of do I think you need it. I might, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go way ahead of this game and I'm going to STC some P strip for the extra. So anytime somebody wants to put P strip on the extra, they have to go through me and pay me royalties, (laughs) baby. (laughs) I love it, man. Shit, dude. On that note, let's wrap this bad boy up.
Sounds good, dude. Yeah. It's bedtime where you live. Yeah, dude. It's 10 o'clock. Oh, dude, it's bedtime. Yeah, man. It's dinner time here. I'm going to go grab another glass of wine. I finished my my glass of wine through this talk, dude. Nice. Nice. Well, (laughs) until next time, we'll uh, talk about helmets maybe or something. I love it, dude. That was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for coming on and talking about the extra 200. That was a lot of fun. You got it. All right, Petro. Until next time, brother. Thanks, Mark. See you later. All right, guys. What did you think of that episode? I had fun. I love having Jeff on. Petro's a cool dude. He's cool peeps. Smart dude, too. Um, we got a lot of good feedback on our on the podcast that he came on. Um, a lot of people reached out and, and, and gave kudos. So I really appreciate everybody reaching out. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook uh, or uh, know me on Instagram, uh, you know you can shoot me out feedback on there. Uh, you can send an email to flycoolshit at gmail.com. Um, I, I'd love your feedback. Good or bad, you could be honest. You know, um, If I ramble too much, if I sound like an idiot, which I probably do, let me know uh, and uh, I'll try to fix it. I love doing the podcast. I've always wanted to do a podcast like this uh, in this kind of format, um, talking about flying cool stuff and aerobatics because it's just kind of fun it's a it, I, I i've been in this world for so long um you know flying aerobatics and teaching aerobatics and it's it's really fun to kind of hang or fly in a podcast format so i love doing it i want to keep doing it uh, but i want to make sure you guys enjoy it so shoot me the feedback flycoolshit at gmail.com you can check out the website www.flycoolshit at uh i'm sorry uh, www.flycoolshit.com there's not much on the website if you're uh, already subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, uh, you've pretty much got all the info that you um, that you'd get from the website. Um, if you want to know more about me uh, and my uh, services, you can go to mp-aviation.com. Uh, I offer uh, in my extra, I offer aerobatic training, spin training, upset recovery training, insurance checkouts, um, just fun instructional flights. Uh, if you just want to go up and get a flight lesson in an extra, um, everything's conducted as, uh, you know, dual given with an instructor. So you get a logbook if you don't have one. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Also, uh, you know, BFRs, ferry services, uh, geez, all kinds of, you know, whatever you need. Uh, you can find it on there probably. And if you, if you can't find it, shoot me an email, uh, mark at mp-aviation.com is, is kind of that side of the house. But, uh, you can also follow on Instagram, fly cool shit on Instagram uh, for the podcast. MP Aviation, D-O-T-C-O-M is the Instagram handle for uh, MP Aviation. And uh, yeah, um, Friday I'll probably talk about um, my airplane finally flew after six months of being worked on. So that's super exciting. Couldn't be happier about that. And I, I might talk more in detail about kind of the process and what had to be done on the airplane and, and the process to start getting it home because it's in Florida and I'm in California. So that'll be fun. Anyway, guys, thanks for uh, listening to the episode. Episode six in the bag. See ya.